Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. Here we are, barreling into a November, video games' biggest month. The releases are all here, lined up. Triple A, A A A, and one of those A A's, the double A. Alex Navarro is here. Is I'm I'm the double. Okay, wait. Then yeah. who's the third A? Because I'm only two. If I'm two of the A's, uh-huh. neither of you are A's. So where's that third A coming from? There's a Brad Shoemaker here as well. Let's call, let's call me A A R P. No, that's definitely not. What uh-huh. else? Not yet. A A A A true. Triple A, Triple A washing machine repair. How about that? Okay, Triple A washing machine repair is here. Um, how are you guys doing? All right, fantastic, fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when little... you start the show with the Triple A washing machine, yeah, bit that things can only go <laughs> up. I don't know if that qualified as a bit. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, I, I'm is, excited is everyone, for this November. Is everyone still recovering? <laughs> yeah, I, a little bit actually. Uh, I uh, it was my anniversary last night, and I did as uh, one does on their anniversary, and we watched uh, uh, we ordered some junk food and watched a horror movie, and I took mm-hmm. a cue, Brad Shoemaker, from you, and we watched it. Uh, not it follows it. Uh, the let me in, let me in. Talk, talk, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Yeah, did you watch Talk to Me? We watched Talk was, to Me. Did they have Australian accents? <laughs> yes. Okay, okay that was you watch Talk to Me. They they said both uh, Talk to Me, and they said then they said Let me in. Uh-huh. Uh, or I let you. I in. let you in. Yes. Uh, which is which is a. Mm. Mm. Just don't I've say never, that. I never said that out loud before because they say it a lot in the movie. But then when I say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's no. You don't no, want to say that. No, to don't say that. Don't yeah, especially, anything, let alone demons. Especially a dead person. Yeah. yeah I. Uh, it was one of those things where uh, my wife was like, "Does this have kid stuff in it?" And I was like, "I'm pretty sure it doesn't have like little kid stuff in it." I'm, I'm oh, pretty sure this is. Um, I this is like teenager you. kids, and then. Uh, um, it was all right. Yeah, we okay. got through it. Yeah, that one scene—that's pretty rough. I, t- I actually scene, turned my head away rough. and closed my I, eyes. So did I, hundred percent. And then I had to say, "What? Wait, wait, wait! What happened to like? What happened to his eye?" <laughs> she was like, "Oh, well. you never want to have to ask that, especially about like a <laughs> like kid like 12, 13, probably thirteen. I, yeah, he's like pre, yeah, like like early teens. How old do you, do you think Mia is in that? She's like uh, late high school. Late high school. Okay, like 17, I couldn't quite tell. Maybe maybe, maybe eighteen. They don't really go too too much into the relationship there with like Mia and the, and the other family, and I assume they're just like really good friends, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think because like we're just talking about talking to me now, I guess. Like Mia lost her mom in the last yeah. couple of years. I don't know if that maybe brought them closer together, but I don't know if there's like a. She seems yeah. to be having a rough situation with her dad, yeah. and and she kind of. I mean, stays she, she's kind of like an honorary member of the family, yeah. though. It seems very well received. Alex, have you seen it? Not yet. I, okay. I thought it's, that movie was great. It's creepy. It is a yeah. creepy movie that, uh, um, so happy anniversary. Yeah. 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 Uh, wh- it was is like, is this what, what you normally do on your anniversary? No, but we were kind of sitting there and we we're like, we should watch a movie. And I was kind of uh, scrolling through and I was like, oh, you know, I've heard, I've heard good things about this. And I, there was not nothing really else kind of popping up that I was like, oh, we, I'm really looking forward to watching this. Um, but I had wanted to watch it, and then she was like, "Yeah, I was kind of surprised." She was like, "Yeah, totally, I'd watch this." Um, what, what did you think of the um, the scene directly prior, the offending scene, which was kind of their take on the classic sort of party montage? Yeah, that's pretty good. Except it's a it's a bunch of 
high school kids having a party like montage party of all being possessed by dead spirits yeah Mm -hmm. they look like they're having a good time i mean Uh the the hardest thing is reconciling like this is such a bad idea Mm -hmm. versus like I don't know. Teens are kind of idiots, right? We're the all horror idiots. genre cannot exist if this is such a bad idea is a thing that is even raised, let alone adhered to. I mean, I, I don't want to get too much into the actual plot details, but I guess you could take the whole thing as like metaphor for you know drug use or insert your kind of teenage vice or something here, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, should we? We really shouldn't, but let's do it, right? Like the yes, you know, the, I don't know, Alex. Is there the horror? Is there a trope of like? just teens being stupid releasing some kind of horrible evil just from being because teens like tr- the party i mean i that's know there's the horny that's just reality <laughs> that's just reality right that's yeah just, that's i was the fact. dumbest motherfucker when i was like 15 or 16 <laughs> i would have fucking absolutely let those demons into this realm yeah yeah um but pretty good setup pretty pretty interesting take on the whole thing and i think it i think it wraps up in a as far as a, a, a psychological horror movie goes in a satisfying way. So, okay. Um, yeah. So a successful anniversary then. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, look, talk to me is a great thing to be doing on your anniversary because it's lines of communication. You want to mm-hmm. keep them open. Uh, let me in or I let you in is not a necessarily the right message. I think for an anniversary, <laughs> the door is locked. Let me in mm. is maybe not the best, but talk to talk. You're to sleeping me. in the backyard tonight. <laughs> Come on. Let me in. Let me in. Um, Brett, do you feel like you had a full understanding of the plot by the end or did you have yeah. some questions raised? Mm. Like, well, I'm, 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 I'm quite sure the questions you might have are impossible to talk about without us just. No, I don't want to get movie. into. I'm just kind of curious yeah. if like, but I, I, like I think I know what you're talking about though. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think I think everything like most. There, there was like okay. There's one th- the very end, the last kind of last inciting events. There was some conversation between my girlfriend and me about exactly what happened there because they don't show what happens. There, there's, I, who, I think just kind of the like thing. His, well, the, who, I guess who did my the question at the end come down to kind of um, without again getting into the details. Some of the demonic motivations that are that are kind of playing out in, in oh. the movie. Yeah, um, that stuff. I don't know. Yeah, right. There's, hard, there's a, hard to parse. Hard to parse. Um, well, but you know, if you were to, if you were eternally damned, <laughs> you yeah. might have an axe to grind with hey, anybody you could get your hands on too. I might say, uh, please let me in as well. Uh, I just love that you guys saw a movie that I haven't seen. So the um, two of you have seen something, and I, I know. I've I've also now had the interesting experience of having seen this movie and then told people I saw it and then they got excited that I watched an A24 movie because <laughs> I feel like oh. there's like a whole ass A24 fandom out there at this point. Yeah, and it's, which, it, look. You know, nothing against it. No, nothing against it. I I think do think they put out good movies. I don't think it would exist if the middle budget studio still existed in any meaningful way. Yeah, like, fair. It's just that there's very few studios doing movies at that level. Hmm. Yeah. In a wide, like a wide release kind of scale, like a lot of it is just like you know direct to streaming or direct to video now. Yes, I, actually, in this case, I'm not sure A24 even made this movie because it was made in Australia with at least partially public funding. So right, they might have just they, distributed. They, they, they might have just had distribution rights here for that one in particular. But is A24 considered a, a mid budget studio? They're not making usually hundred million dollar blockbusters, okay, generally no. speaking. I really don't know much about them other than they got 
they got special clearance during or continued to have special clearance during the uh, strike, right? Yeah, because they negotiated a separate deal outside the uh, the AMPTP. So. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, That's kind of where I had heard about I think it. Of, I think of A24 as the Annapurna of... Of the film world, is it Annapurna? I guess, I guess the, Annapurna, Annapurna is actually world? the Annapurna of the film world, but I mean <laughs> yeah. more more in terms of the way people relate to them. Sure, the I way people relate saying. to Annapurna in games is how people seem to relate to A twenty four in film. I think that's I'm fair. Picking up what you're putting down, I think yeah. the funniest thing about um, uh, Talk to Me was after the movie was done, my wife was like. Well, I mean, like want to watch like a John Oliver or something, uh, the mm. palate cleanser to like yeah. feel better. I was like, it's pretty dark. Really, really says something about how dark the movie was that you want to watch a John Oliver episode to mm-hmm. feel better about <laughs> anything at Literally all. Literally anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, but it did. Uh, it did. I did need a little something before I just like crawl into bed. You know, like some kind of like I need a, a palate cleanser here, a modicum of chill. Yeah, something like that. Um. Anyway, uh, and. I hope you guys had a good evening as well. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I've just been getting used to being back because I was out west for about a week. And yeah. that was just long enough to completely throw off my schedule. So now I'm just kind of getting back to it. How was your uh, How was your stay? It was nice. It was fine. Yeah. You know, pretty low-key. Stay with family up in North Bay. We were all there, there for Wait, uh, Loki the was there? Huh? <laughs> Loki was there? Mm-hmm. That's uh, the god of mischief. But we were out there for the wedding of uh, our friend and yours, Drew Scanlon. Mm-hmm. Beautiful wedding. Beautiful wedding. Very good times. Yeah. Talked a little bit about it on the Ramblecast, but yes, mm-hmm. very, very nice to see folks there. Uh, well it's never done. safe to assume that everyone who listens to the free podcast has heard the Ramblecast. So, you know, just wanted to briefly touch on where we were at. Yes. Uh, uh, it was... Um, it was, like, nicely... It was a very tasteful wedding, which I liked. Like, very... Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, uh, none of that gaudy bullshit. <laughs> like, look, I've been to a lot of weddings, and uh, I, I like appreciated the, the tone Drew had in his. Like, very, mm-hmm. like, very friends and family kind of just friends and family. Ten minute ceremony. Me. Let's watch some clips of movies that I like on a wall and yeah. just hang out. Like that. That sounds ceremony. great. Yeah. Uh, last, uh, I would say the last wedding, um, um, went to Mike's wedding. Also, pretty short ceremony, which was yes. like v- very emotional, very nicely done, very like from the heart, mm-hmm. but also not like some of the Catholic weddings I've been to that are like hour long ceremonies. Yes, uh, I know. I know. I, I said this to you at, at this wedding. I was the best man in a Catholic wedding once, and the priest straight up advised us like, "Hey, don't lock your knees while you're standing up there." Yeah, because <laughs> you're going to be standing there for a while, and you might pass out. Yes. So like, it, and, um, I also appreciated the kind of, um, you know, this was at Mike's wedding too, the kind of bespoke nature of the whole thing, right? Like it was very tailored towards them, the, the vows and the, you mm-hmm. know, they, I, I assume they wrote their own. It sounded very like heartfelt, yeah. very heartfelt. Uh, and it was nice. And then, uh, I, no dancing at this wedding for me. Uh, no, <laughs> you got your groove on at the last one. I did. Uh, mm. and, uh, I just kind of a lot of good conversation to be had. Uh, what what was uh? Yeah, sorry, Brad. I had to remind myself it's what one does out in the world. Mm-hmm. Go go dancing. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Conversation, interacting with people, just doing stuff in public. That might nah. be the first. That might be the first like big social function I've been to in about three and a half years. How you seemed like you were doing okay. You were navigating well. Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, thank you. You know, we're all getting back into in our the corner. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Tempting though it may be. Um, 
everybody seemed to be in, in good spirits. Yes. Uh, some of those. And I ate a bunch of oysters and was not poisoned, so success. Oh yeah. That's always that was yes. You if you walk Listen, away from not that I wouldn't trust the catering at, you know, a wedding like this, but you know, whenever there's like, hey, oysters, it's like, all right. I am rolling the dice here. Yeah. It might be weighted in the like fresh versus not, but I always am just like, okay, I'm gonna try it. Totally fine. I went on the coast. You yeah. Know. I went to lunch, speaking of seafood, I went to lunch with Austin, um, because the the wedding was later in the day. I went to lunch with him. We went to kind of a nicer seafood place. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like a what I what I would consider a nicer seafood place. There wasn't anything like San Francisco has nice places that are actually relatively not super expensive sometimes. I was, uh, I mean, everything's expensive now, so it's all, yeah, I guess but. everything's expensive now. But like, you know, for me, sometimes the price to like this place is like cloth napkin nice, uh, mm-hmm. but the price tag is not all the way up there, right? Anyway, went to a decent place. It was a seafood place, and I had this conversation with Austin, but like, I was like, man, there's fish and chips on the menu. And I can go two ways on this. Is that like, come on, man, this is a nice seafood place. Don't get the, the fried fish and the thing. Mm-hmm. Or I need to try this place's fish and chips and see mm-hmm. if I'm going to get fish and chips. I want to see what they do to fish and chips. Just just tell yourself it's a deconstructed fish and chips. And there you go. You, okay. Fine. The, the, the chef just here has done a deconstructed uh, bat, uh, fish and chips. It's battered in uh, organic, homegrown just tell him to put some foam on that shit, and then it's fancy. That's all it takes. <laughs> I don't know if it was that fancy place, uh, but it was. Uh, Give me some that it, cod foam. <laughs> Ew, gross. Um, and I got we got, got into a discussion about I I like fish. I like uh, all types of fish, but I don't love salmon. I'm not a big oh my God. salmon fan. No. What? I mean, look, like salmon? what you want. Salmon is my favorite fish. Oh, it is. Okay, by like a mile. No, I, I'm just not. I'd like salmon to me, maybe because I've had a lot of salmon with like skin on and like uh, something a little mm. fishy and oily. Sure. Yeah. About it really salmon. just depends on the preparation for me. Yeah. Like, I, I, salmon is one of those fish that like I'm always happy to eat if it's served to me, but like I don't usually order it. I think it's more that I've just ate too much of it because my parents mm. used to serve it all the time. I, uh, but I like I a salmon steak. Other fish. Like, like a big seared, you know, mm. like mm-hmm. a, a salmon thing. But, um, yeah, like I, I think I enjoy fish that isn't very fishy. Like I'm a like the bottom feeders. You're like the mild. <laughs> I'm like a tilapia. Like mm-hmm. a, uh, you want a like fish a, that is like just a, like if you're served it and you just say, "Well, that's fish. That's all you need to know. You don't need to a, have anything more distinctive than that." Is that a white fish tilapia? I'm not I sure. think so. Yeah, I, like, cod. Like a yeah. cod. Yep, cod, exactly. Cod's, cod's, cod's good fish. Halibut. Cod, something you want to put. You could just like. Put a little lemon on, and that's uh, you know, yeah. kind of carries a little lemon, thing. few capers. There you go. Oh, all you need. Yes, yes. But salmon already has its own flavor profile. Mm. And, uh, I don't. It's weird. I don't think of salmon as that fishy. I guess it really depends on how you make it. Like I said, I think I've probably had a lot of salmon in my memory. I'm thinking of salmon with kind of a rough skin on it, and like this, that skin I feel like can be a little um, oily. Maybe. All right. All right. Here, here you go. All right. Yeah. Skin down. Let's see if I got this right. I've not, I've I've watched this done. Uh huh. Skin down, like drizzle a little olive oil. Okay. Some, some lemon, some dill, uh-huh. salt and pepper. It sounds good. Cover yeah. it in foil. Yep. Put it in the oven. I can't give you the numbers. Twenty up, minutes. Look, Fish look cooks pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not long. But uh, that that kind of salmon preparation is not the slightest bit fishy to me. Mackerel. That's a fishy mm. fish. 
but that's a fishy fish. I feel like I haven't had a trout or like a bass in ages. Or a snapper. Or nope. A red snapper. Nope. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't had a whole fish in a long time or just like a fish on a plate. I feel like I've had fillets mostly. I should go get find some place that just give me that give me the whole fish. Sword Everyone's fish? learning about our fish preferences. This is the most important shit that we could be talking about uh-huh. on this podcast. Uh, all right, ranking you, a fish, go. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Tuna, number one. Yeah, mm, with a bullet. I, I I would agree with you if it wasn't for the whole mercury thing. Uh, uh, free range, great, no mercury, fr- mercury free tuna. Great. Yes. Give me it. Uh, it's good on a, it's good as a, uh, a sushi or sashimi, and it's good out of a can, like tuna. Good fish. And tilapia or flounder, it's pretty Fugu. good. Where's it rank? Ooh. Where's that blowfish I, go? It's, it goes in the poison. It goes, you know where the blowfish goes. So like second or third? Because <laughs> it can kill you? Yeah. Okay, sure. Because it's how you know you're alive. <laughs> For now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know enough about fish to, I don't know. Branzini? Is that a? Br- Branzino? Branzino? Up. Yeah. No, that's that's real. That's That's a fish, right? I feel yeah. like I've seen that on a menu. Anyway, we're here to talk about uh, fishy, fishy games, fishy games, uh, you know, incredible fishing. It's kind of uh, a fishy November. Not a lot of stuff <laughs> yes. coming out. Not really sure what's happening anymore. And I mm, would have played that Ridiculous Fishing remake if I could have just bought it. Ridiculous Fishing. What did I say? Incredible Fishing. Ridiculous Fishing. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about some stuff. No, incredible Fishing is the Android knockoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh well, let's just start with the video games uh we've got like a dragon gaiden the it's man too late for that man we started with fish and anniversary talk <laughs> i'm sure we'll come back to it alex talk to me about oh. like a dragon gaiden the man who erased his name all right let me take my hand and let me guide you through the uh uh-huh. the many trials and travails of one uh kazuma kiryu um so as we all know here uh, the Yakuza franchise has, uh, to a degree, the, like a Dragon franchise, sorry, has kind of moved on to its new protagonist, Ichiban, uh, in the last Like a Dragon game. But if you didn't play that game, you might not know that Kiryu makes a little little appearance in that game, makes a little cameo in it toward the end. Uh, and you don't really know what his deal is, except that he kind of swoops in, saves the day during a mission, and then you talk to him for a little bit, and you're like, I don't know you, dude, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, you don't know me. Anyway, bye. And so that's all you kind of get, is that Kiryu is involved in something going on during that the course of that game, but you don't really know what it is. Now you get to know what it is. Oh, okay, so I, I played a little bit of this, of uh, the man who erased his name, and there's a flashback in that game... Is that flashback to what? What That's is what to Yakuza is that? Six, which That's is the six. last okay. Ka- uh, Kiryu game. Okay, so the setup being that Kiryu is now kind of <laughs> gone undercover. Yes. Well, and- <laughs> not exactly. Okay, I have to spoil a little bit of the ending of Yakuza yeah. Six here in order to explain any of what is going on here. So this is my demarcation line of okay. yo. If you didn't play Yakuza Six get on that what are you doing uh-huh. um so at the end of that game uh there's a lot going on in that one and i'm not going to be able to explain all of it but basically uh kiryu stumbles on a secret that is, goes well beyond the scope of the yakuza and the various crime families and all the, their wheelings and dealings 
and basically discovers this secret faction, like crime faction that exists within the Japanese government uh, called the Daidoji faction. Uh, and basically the head of that group is the fixer for all things like government level crime in Japan. Like mm. they do all the really dirty shit uh-huh. that uh, the government doesn't want anyone to know about. And also there's like a battleship involved, which is it causes a whole thing because, you know, Japan is not supposed to have a standing military. They're not supposed to have military hardware. And this was part of some other whole conspiracy that, would again, would take way too long to explain. But the, the game ends with Kiryu taking a bullet for someone and then waking up in the hospital later and basically striking a deal with those Daidoji people to be like, if you protect Haruka... And the many orphans that I have become the the benefactor of over the years, uh-huh. who are down in Osaka, I will be dead. You can fake my death, and I will be dead, and I will be gone, and I will keep your secret. I will keep your secret, right? That's yes. what the flashback basically gets. So, you, so yeah. the, the, the bargain being, I won't talk if you continue to fund this orphanage and, and do whatever. Uh, yes. But they want a little more. Yeah, exactly. And so you don't really know what that is going into that. And all you really see in Like a Dragon, the 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 last one, is Kiryu kind of swoop in out of nowhere. And he seems like he's extra badass. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's kind of it. And so in this, the man who erased his name, Like a Dragon Gaiden, uh, and I'm only a few hours in, and I'm actually going to avoid trying to say anything too far beyond, like, kind of the first hour and change of this game, because it... it there's some things that start revealing themselves pretty quickly, but basically what you find out is that Kiryu is now doing wet work for the Daidoji faction. Um, he is being hidden away in this fake temple somewhere where he is being, you know, his needs are being catered to. He gets free food, free lodging, whatever. There's an old monk there, uh, who kind of hangs out with him, but when they need him for jobs, they call him in, and he goes, and he does them. Like, the game opens with you doing a bodyguard job for the head of the ruling party in Japan, his, like, daughter or granddaughter. Granddaughter, I think. Yeah, granddaughter. And she's, like, out at a party or something. You're just bodyguarding She's wasted. Her. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, all you really know is that, like, they're just going to call you up once in a while and bring you in. You have a handler uh, who Kiryu does not like very much, uh, though he starts to develop a grudging respect for him pretty quickly. Um, and basically you are, you are like, you are doing born shit for this criminal organization that still exists despite the fact that their patriarch is dead, who dies at the end of six. And so I'll just say, uh, um, from, you know, I'm, I'm pretty far behind on a lot of the Yakuza stuff. I've seen a lot of, we played through a lot of it, Mm -hmm. the work and all those things. Kiryu in this one is a confident and uh uh like saltier Kiryu. Yes. like he is people he is not messing around also he the way they frame him at least in the earliest parts of this game he's extremely badass like he's been that for a long time is the thing and the different the only real difference because the thing is Kiryu has always been the dragon of dojima he's always mm-hmm. the guy that everyone wants to test their metal against and no one can beat him except a bullet every now and again though they still can't they still don't kill him um, the difference here is that he hates his life now. Like he is in this position of like, I'm basically in stasis for the rest mm. of my life, you know, except when they pull me out of cold storage to go do something I don't really feel like doing. And so that's where that saltiness is coming in. 
But like he's always been this, and he's always been the guy that everyone is either scared of or like not smart enough to be scared of. Yeah, and he's just kind of rolling with that here because he doesn't really have anything else to do. Like if some in the past he would try to talk his way out of fights for the most part if he didn't have to. Maybe the difference I'm seeing. And now he's just like if someone wants to start shit with him, he's like, cool, this is a way to pass the time. Let's do it. Or or like at least again, I'm I'm very early on. Uh, It seems like he's a lot of like your funeral, man. Like, yeah, you want to go? Let's go. You're I've got 20 minutes. Away. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a lot of like, you know, s- cool guy sunglasses stuff. And- Absolutely. Yeah, they got him in a suit. They give him a weird, like one of his fighting styles now has this incredible laser whip thing that he uses <laughs> to sort of grab dudes and swing them around. It's a little bit like a Spider-Man attack. It's kind of uh, neat. Um, there are multiple fighting styles. Uh, at some point in that game, your handler is just like, "Hey, we're gonna subscribe you to the Daidoji catalog, and that's how you learn new martial arts styles." Yeah, they just send you books. Um, <laughs> but, but it's expensive. But yeah, uh, it's expensive. Yeah. But so the thing with this is that it's picking up. It's picking up where Yakuza Six left off, and they are doing a little bit of the. This is running parallel to the timeline of Yakuza 7, mm. like a dragon. Um, but so far, it's been a lot of like you show up in Yokohama and they allude to the fact that Ichiban is just over there behind that tent with a gunshot wound, but you don't have time to go see what's up with that. You got to go do something else. Uh. So they're just kind of like hinting at little pieces of the story. And at some point, I know they're going to meet back up because there is a scene in, in 7 where they do. It's yeah. I, I don't know if you saw. There's an interview going around where they flat out said this started as DLC. For the I game. believe it, and and they made it in like six months. But then they were like, oh, we're just going to turn it into a full game for yeah. some reason. But it very much is should be connected to that. So it's interesting. They're in the, in the early goings, they're bopping around locations a lot. Like you're you're in Yokohama, and then they throw you in Yo- Osaka, and then I think it's some. I'm I'm just on the verge of unlocking. That giant crime barge that I mentioned from that preview play mm-hmm. that I played a few months ago. Um, so that seems like that's going to be a central location where a lot of stuff happens. It's not big, but it does have a lot of like, you know, mini games and other things you can kind of interact with when you get there. So far, there hasn't been a lot of just kind of letting you be in the city and kind of like I haven't really run into any side stories yet or anything. Um, it's all been very main narrative focused and a lot of it has been like, okay, go to this location. You can kind of walk around a little bit, but then we're going to throw a bunch of like beat em up missions at Mm -hmm. you. And then, then we're going to whirl you away to the next place. So there hasn't been a lot of the, just like kind of lazy hanging out parts of Yakuza so far. It's mostly been like, Hey, we are doing narrative here and you are going to have to do this for a while. It's a $50 game. It is yes. also, um, interestingly, I mean, I guess because of the uh, tie-in to 7, it's on PS4 and PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and PS5 version, I'm going to say right now, looks real nice. Yeah, it looks good and runs it's well. Ver- everything's very shiny, mm-hmm. but not to a plastic level of it. It's just that every, every once in a while they're cutting in what I think is actual FMV footage, and sometimes it throws me off a little bit. <laughs> Like when but the like street shots and stuff. Some of the street shots around. and stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's live footage, but like the way they blend it actually makes it feel like they are just cutting between their own engine and not. So that's where we are now. It's very tricky. Uh, in uh, right on the front screen, there's a like import from PS4 save too. Yeah. I guess if you're if you're looking to upgrade there, uh, it's interesting. Like you know, I am I am um, 
I'm familiar with the Yakuza stuff. I'm like, I'm not as far behind as maybe I should be due to you kind of you playing them, Alex, and kind of mm-hmm. going through a bunch of that stuff. But I don't know a lot of the new stuff um, with with uh, Ichiban and, and and all that story. Um, and but this kind of, I kind of like the story, the way they're telling this story with Ryu here um, with uh, Kiryu. Kiryu. Yeah, uh, uh, and. I don't know, like I thought I was just going to plug it in and be like, oh, I'll see what's going on here and and just kind of just confirm that this is still, you know, a uh, Yakuza slash like a dragon game, but kind of wanted to keep going and, and see what yeah. happens. Uh, I mean, I, the thing is, I it's especially after playing the what is it? The 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 1800s Japan one that they did a re-release of earlier this year, which I totally fell off of because mm. the story and that was just not captivating me at all. Um. My immediate feeling with this one is, oh, this is that good Yakuza shit. Like, this is the stuff that I kind of come to these games for. Ridiculous as they may be, like, I want that, like, mega heavy narrative and, like, a lot of characters just saying really grave things and the occasional really stupid thing happening. So far, that's the only thing that's kind of been missing is I haven't seen much of the stupid yet. It's pretty dark. Like, it's a it's yeah. a fairly heavy setup. Again, I'm I'm fairly early on. I just got past... I got to the part where it kind of they're setting up the main what seems yeah. to be the main plot point here. I think we're getting to the stupid because okay. once I think once you get to that barge, like that's kind of where things open up and and things get. And they also they introduce you to a new contact. Um, I think her name is Akame. I can't remember exactly, but she's like a a fixer okay. that you get hooked up with in Osaka, and she kind of like guides you through a bunch of stuff. And she's very peppy in a way that none of the other characters so far are. So I feel like she's going to be a considerable factor in that story but um i like her so far and i don't know it's just nice to be back in that world in the city is just kind of doing like a dragon shit sure you know even if it is kind of a more grave tone than some of the other stuff has been recently like it feels like they are treating kiryu's story of like okay you really do want to know what's going on here and we're going to luxuriate in this for a while we're not going to rush you through it Mm. So even if this is a shorter, smaller game, it feels like they are not treating it like it's a nothing story. Uh, Here's the real question. Did mm -hmm. you play the Infinite Wealth demo? Not yet. I was saving that because I kind of wanted to see, like, if we were going to stream that or not. But, yeah, I would like to check that out momentarily. I have heard... Yeah, it might have some problems. I, I, I don't know. I, I saw like one or two people on Twitter not speaking super highly of it, but I think okay. it's... Is the demo the whatever they're calling their animal crossing mode. Is that what it is? Maybe that's what it is. I'm not, I don't I'm know. not sure. Okay. This is, this is just some very brief impressions. I saw of it from somebody who had review code. Okay. Uh, that is like a dragon guy. Den, the man yeah. who erased his name. It is available. I believe at the time of this recording, a full release is tomorrow, November 9th, uh, available kind of on everything, but the switch and 50 bucks. Yeah. I've gotten to this weird thing now where, like, all my Kiryu Like a Dragon games are on my PlayStation uh-huh. consoles, but the, la- the Ichiban one is on Xbox, and I'm like, <laughs> am I just going to keep that split going? Uh-huh. I like it. Am I going to just... Is, is Ichiban the Xbox protagonist and uh-huh. Kiryu the PlayStation protagonist? Uh, uh, Ichiban wears a, a green shirt, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kiryu wears, like, a, a blue. Was blue the PlayStation color, would you Listen, say? Listen, Ichiban is definitely from Generation Remix, okay? Uh-huh. yes. Absolutely. 
Blue uh, is ab- def- absolutely the PlayStation color. Blue, okay. Because yeah. I was uh, gonna, I, I wasn't sure if it's purple, and that might just be a color blue. Red is Nintendo. Blue. Green is Microsoft. Red uh, is blue. Nintendo. Sure, yes. Okay, yeah. you're right. You're right. Red is yeah. Nintendo. Green uh, or blue is PlayStation, uh-huh. and PC is uh, gray like fog. <laughs> gray like beards. Yes, uh-huh. it is a tan color like your old PC tower case. <laughs> so, oh, Hell so yeah. like a like a kind of a, a UV stricken white, mm-hmm. like a yes, a, okay, like something that has been left in the sun too long. Yes, uh, okay. beige. Have we said the word beige? Beige. beige. Yes. Yeah, beige. Sure. Yes. Yeah. A beige. Um, wasn't where, wasn't seven wasn't seven an Xbox exclusive, or at least it wasn't on PlayStation at first. I can't remember how that worked out. I think that's. I think they had it first. I think that might be true. Because that was a that was a it was on Xbox, Game Pass. That was a Series X launch game, and I'm I feel like I remember it was not on PlayStation at launch. It may not have been at launch, but I don't know how long that window was. Um, like I said, this one though available everywhere, I believe at launch. Yeah, uh, except for uh, Nintendo, except for on your red Switch. I will just say, you know, again, a last thing here is just you know, if you are already invested in these games, of course you're going to play this. Just be ready to not just be like immediately back in Camarocho, just kind of doing mm-hmm. dumb mini games or whatever. It takes a while to wind up and kind of get going with its story. So just be ready for a lot of that at the at the outset. Actually, I wonder how essential it is to infinite wealth. Like, I wonder if you have to play this to kind of know what Kiryu has been up to before that game comes out because he's in that as well. Or maybe they'll refresh. I I is he in that? Did they yes. say that for sure? Okay. Yes. That's that's the whole pitch for that thing is finally both of them together in one okay. game. I I would say you would probably want to know anyway, just because of the way six leaves off and the weird cameo he has in seven. Like I think that that is probably going to be of interest to you regardless. But I mean, look, it, it, as far other than the fact that it takes a little while to just let you hang out in cities, uh, the combat is really it still feels really good, and so far the story is super interesting. So I'm into it. And what's the story with judgment? Or judge eyes. Undetermined at this moment. Isn't it, isn't um, it basically done because of the rights issues, the licensing stuff? Well, no, because I think they did finally strike a deal where they were able to bring Judgment 1 to PC. I thought they I thought they actually did end up putting that out on PC, if I remember correctly. Um, but they haven't announced anything as far as like doing a third one. I don't know if they're going to continue on with that series or not. They, they haven't made any specific indications about it. And it is that in the same world? It's the same, same world, but the characters so far have not really inter- like intertwined that much. Okay. I think there were a couple of small Yakuza characters that made way into Judgment, but it's mostly just like bit players, like no one from the main thrust of the narrative. And in this one, in Gaiden, two questions. One, mm-hmm. this this is the latest up-to-date version of Kiryu, right? This is like current day. Well, this is the version that existed at the same time as Seven. Seven. Okay, so yeah. Infinite Wealth, if if Kiryu winds up having a big role in that, would be the most that, This will all be modern day, yeah. presumably, once yeah, he, that, that rolls on. Okay. He definitely does. They're, they're pitching it as like co-protagonists, basically. Like, okay. like playable? Like two Spider-Men. Yes, exactly. Okay. And then, um, so then, okay, that answers my second question was, is this modern day? And it's close enough? Yeah, I mean, it's day. a few years ago. Okay. Uh, again, like a dragon guy, Dan, the man who erased his name out this week. You can catch it. $50. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some other video games here, and then let's talk about our plans 
to play other video games as we head into this November, November to remember, to remember. We'll be right back. The ground. This week's show is brought to you by Factor, Brad Shoemaker and Alex Navarro. You guys remember Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. I like food. I like it when I can eat the food fast. Factor yeah. gives me the food, and they make it easy for me to make it fast. Do you like food? Do you like not leaving your house? Yes, yes. Okay. God, yes. do I. I also, uh, things I like are uh, uh, time. I like my time. and uh, I like to have I like, it. I like to have it. And uh, I like it when the food tastes good. Mm-hmm. As those that may know, it is a busy time here over in the States. We've got a lot of holidays coming up, uh, which means I'm going to probably eat not well. Or I will probably eat not well and then eat good and then eat not well. Factor can give you normal uh let's call oh that it, well uh, eating is what you're talking about <laughs> yeah with factor you can skip all that stress of the meals that you're gonna have uh, going on during the holiday and choose from 35 weekly flavor packed fresh never frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences not your cousin's meal preferences no or your aunt's meal preferences they meet yours and i know you guys hate holiday traffic all of these delicious meals are delivered right to your door and ready to eat in two minutes. You don't got to get in a car. You don't got to drive two hours to have a so-so meal. You're going to be able to choose from those over 35 meals, and they're going to be delivered right to your door. And in addition to those over 35 different meals, you have over 45 add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes you could choose from breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes oh this is my favorite part of the ad mm. bacon and cheddar egg bites oh yeah uh, uh potato bacon and egg breakfast skillets i love a skillet or for an easy wellness boost you could try a refreshing beverage option like cold pressed juices shakes and smoothies and with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice as they offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices. How do you get in on all this? Well, head to factormeals.com slash nextlander50 and use code nextlander50 to get 50% off. That's code nextlander50 at factormeals.com slash nextlander50 to get 50% off. It's that easy. Thanks, Factor. And we have returned. And uh, uh, let me just st state again out, out of the gate here how weird it is. Brad, you've been doing this, what, 20 plus years? Mm -hmm. Better part of two decades. Alex, kind of similar situation. This is maybe one of the weirder Novembers, right? Uh, in that you guys can oh, yes. remember. Oh yeah. Oh yes. In terms of release calendar stuff. I've been thinking that for like six months as I look at the the release calendar every yeah. so often, and just was like, surely more games are going to get announced for November, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it's it's not that there's nothing. It's that what there is is almost all within like the next two days, and then it's like a steep drop off. 
And yeah, and to be clear, I mean, like, I feel like October, September and October were so stacked that they were stuffed. kind of kind of more just like all the big games already came out rather than there are no games. Like, I certainly yeah. don't mean to say that. And, and uh, another qualifier here is I'm, I'm mostly alluding to this is where publishers uh, used to put their big AAA releases. That, that, yeah. That's what it is. That's Ahead what it of Black is. Friday. is like literally the last three weeks and particularly like the last week before Thanksgiving, it was just chock-a-block with the biggest games of the year and that is yeah. no longer the case. But uh, So it's interesting. It's interesting looking at this calendar. There is plenty of stuff coming out, but it's, it's not those big franchise uh, barn busters that it used to be. Uh, but there is a game that came out recently, The Invincible. Uh, now, I'm not familiar with the work um, that it's based off of, the book, The Invincible, by Stanislaw Lem. You mean you didn't read the book first? I didn't read the book first. Though, I what? asked my wife, do we have it? And she said, no, I have other stuff of, uh, of, of his, but um, should we read it? And I was like, sure, let's he's, read it. He's so, the guy who wrote Solaris. I never oh, read that really? either. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was the same author. Yeah. Um, so this is sci-fi, uh, and, uh, uh, it's, I'm a a little ways in, I'm not sure how long this game is, is walking simulator still being used as a pejorative Uh, in in places? Sure, by people who are still living in 2014, sure. I use the term, I don't use it derisively. Okay, like, it, it is that type of game. I like that type of game, so I'm not using it to condemn it, but, uh, you know, it is very much a... You know, you're going to explore. You don't have a jump, right? Like you're experiencing you're kinda, a narrative as you walk around and explore a space. Yep. And you're interacting with certain things. There's a lot of uh, back and forth over the radio. There's a big kind of mystery. You're on this planet. The setup is um, you're kind of part of a team, a small team exploring this planet. It is in a kind of retro future environment where uh, I think, Brad, actually you'd like some of the tech here. It's got that kind of... Um, what have I seen that described this? Atomic punk? Is that a, is that a real phrase mm, that people use sure. now? Um, you know, weird antennas on stuff with balls on the end of the antenna and rings around it, kind of Jetsons-esque. Isn't that kind of what Atomic Heart was? Y- yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that was, like a, that was a little maybe more steampunk retro future. I don't know. I don't want to, the genres are all weird. Yeah. There's like, I mean, there's like, there's like 50s futurism, there's 70s futurism, there's yeah. 80, you know what I mean? It's yes. like, there's a lot of, and really you could tie them all back to like the originating work. Yeah. When you say it's 70s futuristic, you're actually just saying it looks like Alien, this, for yeah. example. <laughs> the, or well, it looks I'm, like Logan's Run, one of the two. <laughs> This is maybe a little cleaner than Aliens, but it doesn't really matter. It's that style, right, of of of, of stuff. And um, the setup is you're kind of, you wake up kind of forgetting a bit of what happened. You're unsure. There are gaps in your memory. You're in a spacesuit. You're kind of alone on this planet. And then kind of quickly you kind of get in touch with the um, ship overhead, and you're trying to piece together what happened on this mm-hmm. planet, which is, you know, a, a very worn path of setup, uh, you know, for, for, especially for sci-fi stories, what happened here? Go find the logs and we'll piece together the cosmic horror slash the human error slash, you know, whatever happened on here. Um, but I am enjoying the, the setup here in the story so far. Uh, you know, it's slow. You, mm-hmm. this is a thing where you are not running very quickly. You have a kind of limited stamina to even move quickly. And then the game will slow you down. You don't have a jump. You don't have the ability to descend uh, cliffs or platforms unless they want you to descend that cliff or platform with a prompt. Uh, but it's 
it's interesting. And if you're up for what seems like a well done, well acted, uh, uh, kind of narrative game, I'd say go check it out. Or if you're familiar with the work and you're like, yeah, that's a really interesting take on it. I, I don't know what the book goes into. So Solaris is the only novel of his I've read. So I don't, you know, but I did really like that book a lot. I've always meant to dig into his other stuff. Um, it's been pitched the, the log line is like a, a philosophical kind of take on uh um what i've seen kind of is the just seems to be a uh should you even if you could kind of thing mm-hmm. for human exploration right like and, yeah and I, I i like we're meant were we meant to actually be here yeah uh that take on it there are choices in this game mm. i don't know do choices matter i'm not 100 percent sure yet i have not hit a point where it feels like i've made a choice and I've seen a consequence of it. Um, like, it's like, Hey, do you want to go search for this party member now? Or do you want to go kind of, uh, secure the area first? And I'm like, Oh, I'll secure the area first. That seems like a wise thing to do. And they're like, okay. And uh, we don't know All what'll right. happen when you go find that other party member. And then See how that goes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I, I'm not exactly sure. And maybe that's a good thing. Cause maybe the consequences have been happening and they don't feel video gamey mechanical. Like, Oh, that's what happened. I got to this place and now I was late. I should have done the other choice. It kind of maybe uh, hopefully that when they're rolled out, the consequences don't feel so binary that it's like, if I had just made this other choice, it would have been way different. Uh, it's neat. It is available uh, now or it's available. I think at the beginning of this week, it's $30. Mm-hmm. It's on PS5, PC, and Xbox Series X. And sounds, sounds kind of Firewatch-esque, maybe. Yeah. Something along those lines. Harder, harder sci-fi, though. You know, obviously. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just meant like structure and tone yeah. kind of. Yeah, I mean, look, I haven't played enough of it. I, I mean, I really like Firewatch, so uh, like uh, that's that, that could be higher praise than I'm meant to give it uh, at this point since I haven't really gone through uh, a lot of it, but I do like sci-fi and I do like a walking around exploring a mystery type of game, mm-hmm. especially if that mystery winds up being intriguing and not just like, ah, I don't know. It was an alien down here. Look, there was an alien artifact. You touched it and it, I'm t- I can't do anymore. <laughs> can't now. No more touching alien artifacts. That's my, my decree for all things, video games. Just, Starfield did. Starfield was the last one. I think Starfield was even past the expiration date, honestly, on that shit. No two developers working with ancient alien artifacts. Yeah. Especially if it's a progenitor thing and like I'm calling it. (laughs) Brad called it. That's right. Um hey, to kind of sidebar here, just to kind of piggyback on the invincible. Barring financial success or, or or people going over to Game Pass, do you feel like personally this doesn't have to be your academic journalist hat, but I feel like personally Starfield, it was like doing all right. I absolutely. A, again, aside from financials, like I know it's going to sell and move units, but absolutely kind of a, a increasingly tepid sort of public consensus. I feel yeah, from what I see. Okay. Yeah, it did. It did very well. It did extremely well. Yeah. yeah I'm right. sure we'll continue to do well and they, they will, will add make to a it. sequel 30 years from now. Hmm. Mm, well, they, they have their Elder Scrolls thing coming up, so I mean, it's... No, that's yeah, what I'm saying. If they're done with that yeah. in the next Fallout, then maybe they'll think about doing another that's, one. Yeah, I don't know. At the speed that they make games, um, how many more does Todd Howard have in him? Not that they can't keep going after he's gone, of course, but... Um, no, they'll let Obsidian do one of them, but uh, yeah, I... Like, oh, sorry. No, I, I agree. I think my, my sense of, of both my personal opinion and just from everyone I've talked to who's played it is that there are a handful of people 
who really got into it, but m even among them, they're like, doesn't really differentiate itself that much from just kind of the formula they've been doing forever, and what they the content of it is just not as thrilling as maybe people were hoping for. Yeah, well, I mean, the one criticism I see, and I kind of you know, I pretty much agree with this, I mean, the one way that it really does differentiate itself is that it loses the sense of exploration that their previous games had, right? Mm. Yeah. By being so disjointed and not really just letting you roam. Yeah. Mm. With uh, all the, like, things. kind of compartmentalizing of the zones. Yeah. yeah. You know, land, landing at a, landing in an auto, auto procedurally generated landing zone with a bunch of cookie cutter side stuff that you've seen five times already scattered around is just not the same thing. You're right. You think, I, I mean, we don't have to get into a, a dissection of Starfield, but like, you think they did a disservice with some of the fast travel and the kind of ability to kind of warp yes. around? Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, they made those design decisions a long time ago and they, I understand, but like, yeah, I, I, I think, I don't think what they have is that compelling on that level in terms of like, like that was the thing that killed me was that I just never really felt that compelled to like, I want to go there. I want to see that. I want to experience that. It was more of just like, all right, I guess I'll go to the next thing. You know, like it just did not have that pull of like, I need to see everything. Yeah. My, I, I, I've been thinking about it just a little bit from this game. And then Brad, you and I played some Astro near recently and I was like, man, that's a fun game for exploration. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like Starfield for me did, had like no sense of wonder, no sense of I can't wait to see what's beyond this. No, you know what thing. it had? It's not that it had no sense of wonder. It's that its sense of wonder was a sense of wonder they were constantly telling you about and you were never experiencing. They were always telling you how amazing space was and all the crazy shit that was happening out there and like how amazing, you know, this technology is and all this stuff. But none of what you were actually experiencing as the player, like, yeah. ever lived, at least from what I played in the, you know, 15 or so hours I gave to it, nothing ever lived up to that or actually gave me, the player, that same sense. It was a game that constantly told you things were cool, but never actually was cool. Yeah. I'm, now that we're kind of opening up a little bit on the release calendar, I've got a couple of things I want to get back to. Starfield is on that list to push forward a bit. I. But I, I haven't even heard from people like, oh, if you get past this part, it starts getting really wild. I think the thing I heard was like, oh, maybe you should new game plus it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, that was, that was, there, was there was that to some degree. Well, I mean, yeah. this isn't a weird. This is not a normal case where like mechanics actually change when you do new game plus and there's new stuff there. Yeah. Um, but the, the the thing I see positively about it is more like specific storylines. You know, people are like, oh, like, oh, the UC Vanguard quest line sure. is actually quite good. Like the. X, Y, and Z faction quests are are okay. really interesting. Like specific storylines are good. Sure. Um, outside of like the mechanical reasons to finish the main quest, like the powers that unlock and stuff, I don't feel like I've seen a lot of praise for. I mean, we're just kind of <laughs> talking about <laughs> what other people have said at this point. But yeah, so, well, I, I got I, about two dozen hours into it and also fell off. Granted, other games came out rapidly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, it sounds like specific specific quest lines are worth doing in there, but maybe taken as a whole. Dark Brotherhood. It's like yes, kind of yes. I think but that's like maybe actually taken, taken as a whole. It's like probably less than the sum of its parts. Like we're talking about the release calendar and stuff. I think that's been my problem this year is that like there will be long stretches where nothing I'm that excited about is coming out, but then like over a three week span, like fourteen things that I want to play all come out in that yeah. time. 
And then there's another like three month gap before that same thing happened again. And so it feels like I've been trying to catch up with like, okay, I have six games I want to play right now. What the hell am I focusing on? And then it's just like, and then there's that big lull where there just sure. isn't anything like that I'm personally interested in. And it's just, it's been a weird just cadence yes. for everything. You wind up with like half a dozen games that you have 10 to 15 hours in. Exactly. You know, and like, then it's like, okay, which one of these do I go back in? And by the time I finish one, there's like another three releases. Like um, I barely had a chance to even scrape at Alan Wake 2, despite the fact that I'm pretty excited about that thing. Mm hmm because also like like a dragon came out and also that robocop game came out <laughs> and also like i'm still trying to like get to the end of spider-man 2 yeah. and it's just like i gotta fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. for someone yeah. who is adhd and bad time yeah. management this is not great for me yeah. and so well, there's a lot of a lot of this is an us problem to be fair yeah uh, well, you know, a lot of these games yeah. are really good releases that have come out that are, you know, in that zone of 20 to 30 hours that are, are just kind of, but you know uh, what, what, like if Assassin's Creed Mirage and I'm, again, I'm not putting this on the developers because I don't want to overwork anyone, but if that game had come out like a month and a half ago, uh -huh. I might've actually finished it because there mm. wasn't that much stuff going on at that point. I might've actually gotten through it. Well, but now I'm probably never going to finish it it'll still be released in the you know when you find yourself with a uh, good segue by the way mm. i finished assassin's creed mirage i knew i knew yeah uh -huh. see, i was trying to set you up yeah yeah um i at some point just said you know forget it. i talked about this last time forget it i'm just gonna go and i'm gonna do the main story here mm -hmm. maybe pick up a couple of side things on the way I did not necessarily enjoy narratively where that game was going, and I think you see most of what the combat is within the first couple of hours of that game. So, uh, yeah, not my favorite one here. I th you, you told know, me what happens, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of wanted to check in with you off uh, off camera, let's say, uh, to see how that stuff ties into the bigger lore with Valhalla mm -hmm. and where Bossom winds up going, and. Uh, maybe it makes more sense in the weave of those things. Uh, talking to you, it sounds like, oh, that that kind of tracks, but doesn't maybe flesh out some of the, the bigger picture stuff. I think if, if you're the sort of person that wants to know what is going to happen after the end of Valhalla, this doesn't have really much of any of that for you. It's more of a, here's the more of that backstory, then yeah. we'll get around to telling you what the next thing is in the next great sequel <laughs> in the Assassin's Creed franchise. So. um but really the the kind of current day story is just not that exciting either yeah so, so not the current me. sorry not the current day i should that's confusing when we talk about assassin's creed the in period story right. that they're telling in uh baghdad uh right at, around the time is not that i did not find that interesting it's just like eh, i don't know i don't know you just at some point you're just run run around killing everybody and as a throwback game that i feel like was aimed at someone like me who, who enjoyed that style yes i definitely enjoy that style more but we've talked about this quite a bit you feel this game stretching its design limitations and or or, or um uh uh, budget's not the right word the, it, you know it, it started off as a smaller thing that they kind mm -hmm. of built up by adding modular pieces of the same you thing can feel it. them just like taking beams and like trying to push it out more and stretch it out more yeah. than maybe what it actually had to work with yeah or like copy pasting some things yeah. to be like oh okay now do this like four more times and it's like right okay like you know all right 
Um, so yeah, that game's all right. It's it, it's the the nice part is it's not terribly long, right? Mm. And it's not that complicated to get through. But uh, that one uh, is off the list. But I don't feel like I'm back on board with Assassin's Creed, which I think I was kind of hoping I might feel like. Um, they also have their thing coming out in November, which I had completely forgotten about. But their VR Nexus thing, do you remember that? Assassin's Creed Nexus yeah, VR? They announced so many Assassin's Creed products at one time, it's easy to get them all confused, but yes. Uh, Only in the vaguest possible terms do I remember this. Uh, that's that's out like next week, I think. Um, mm. when I'm not exactly sure what the hell that is, or if, again, canonically, narratively, if they're trying to squeeze that into some timeline. That's Assassin's Creed Mirage. If you finished it, I'm curious what other people think about it. Um, it just feels like a kind of bloop <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of game, you know? Like, well, all right. Yeah. I, look, I've, I've held my tongue for weeks now. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you've continued to play that. and I thought about gently suggesting, like, are you sure this is what you want to? Like, it's it's such an easy game to just go in and pu- pull, yes. like, yes. push yes. forward. Like, and, uh, hey, look, yes, yeah. so I can go in and stab some people in the back for 30 minutes. Sure. It has a rhythm to it. I mean, I'll give it that. I, a lot of that was informed from, like, reviews saying that it, the story conclusion is wholly unsatisfying oh okay so i'm not the only i thought maybe it was just me because i've been out of the loop for a no, little, no, little, no. Little, no i mean I, no. you know if, if anything i think it's 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 just a virtue of it being originally an add-on for something that yeah. already has its own ending right yep like there's only so much they can do when this is something that just feeds into an existing game yeah and, and from talking to you alex it sounds like the ending anything that is revealed in it had been revealed already so there's nothing revelatory uh yeah. in it it's not like an Assassin's Creed Revelations, let's say. No. Um, couple of right other things. Title. Uh-huh. A couple of other things to kind of quickly touch base on here. Um, well, let's talk about it quickly because I mentioned it. Brad, you and I went back into Astroneer, mm-hmm. um, which uh, for a couple of reasons. One, they had had that Awakenings. Is that what it is? Awakening DLC? Uh, Awakening, I believe, is the post-game DLC. Uh, which uh, we kind of wanted to check out, which I'm not sure we ever actually wound up getting no. into too much. No, no. Uh, you have to do like the train stuff and everything yeah, to get yeah. to that apparently. Uh but we did go back in and that was that was a lot of fun kind of reminded me how much I like Astroneer and and also how much Astroneer it could be a little rough in some of the places and holding on uh uh by fingernails in some other places. But I I, I love Astroneer. I say this in the most loving way possible. That game always constantly feels like it's just about to fly apart at the seams. Yeah, and it's you know, this is coming from a place where you and I play a lot of the co-op and multiplayer, and the single player I have had way fewer problems with. Fair, uh, I yeah. I, since we've been streaming it, I've I've had a like half completed run through that game sitting on the mm. Windows Store version for like three four years now. Coming off those streams, it took all I had not to just fire that up and spend all my time playing <laughs> that. Yeah. Um. And, but yes, I I also I think have had fewer problems there. But like the quest bug thing we had on the post-game progress like it they added quests to this game after we finished it yeah like a quest log and everything and you need to check those quests off so it knows like oh you finished the game and we'll unlock the post-game stuff we got in there and it was as if we had never done any of the quests in the game so we had to do a bunch of the busy work intro quests yeah from the beginning to check them off again just to get access to later stuff yeah and, and to be fair, I'm not sure that Awakening stuff, you have to do the entire completion of the game, but we were kind of confused or or we were in a situation where we weren't sure what the game thought we had completed it's, or not. Yeah, it's, it's very confusing. Um, but uh, one of the other reasons to uh, check back in on Astroneer, aside from Awakening, 
is that System Era, uh, I don't think we reported on this, but they got uh, bought by um, uh, uh, Devolver. Devolver. Devolver Digital has, has acquired System Era Softworks. Huh. Yeah. So Astroneer folks now under Devolver. Um, and curious to see what they're, uh, you know, I think they're not, they're taking a pause. They think they stated not Astroneer as they're. Yeah, they, they've said, they have said they are working on their next project. Uh, so, so what that is, I'm, I'm certainly eager to find out. Yeah. Again, I, Astroneer, fun game, some, some, you know, problems with it, but it's really addicting. Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, you just get in a loop with it where you're just, you know, it, it just, it just encourages creative problem solving in a way that very few games do for me between the terrain tool where you can both like dig through and also form like build terrain in front of yeah. you, wherever the hell you want. And the modular like mechanical and energy system, you know, you've got a backpack with slots on it and things take energy and it's like, I can stick this wind turbine on my backpack or this nuclear <laughs> reactor, yeah, yeah. depending on what I have and generate power, you know, like, I, it's like I can, I can, you can, you can plug things into yourself and to vehicles and to buildings and like dig things out and, and just like, it is constantly encouraging you to just figure things out. Uh, to accomplish goals in a way that's kind of incredible. And they're like, you know, they're Clark Kent to Superman loop of like, oh man, it's a struggle. Everything's a struggle at first to, uh, by the end, you are just in a bulldozer <laughs> drilling your way, yeah. pouring through planets with ease is, um, is fun. It's a yeah. satisfying loop to get into. Like now by the post game with everything they've added, you can have both like power and basically infinite power and oxygen generation right there in your backpack and a damn so hoverboard. Can, so you can just go wherever you want for as long as you want and not suffocate, yeah. except sometimes you still suffocate. Except sometimes, or you crash on your hoverboard. Uh, but you know, that time, that time I needed to get back to the ship that was on the entire other side of the planet that we were on. And I was like, what if I just <laughs> dig through the planet instead and uh-huh. did that? And it worked <laughs> and it was awesome. Like that game. It's very rules. good. Uh, Astroneer, uh, the other thing that came out, Brad, you played some of this that really, uh, intrigued me and I almost wound up booting it up, uh, before the show was, uh, Talos Principle 2. Yeah. Uh, did yeah, a bit of been, that on the stream. Been busy with wedding activities and stuff this weekend. I might have played more of that. That game really surprised me in the scope of it. Not that I, I, had heard, I, I can't remember how much I played of the first game. I got a good few hours into it. I'd heard I, very good things about it. Yeah, it's Talos Principle is like beloved and it's like it's it's very much a first person like puzzle room kind of game, like somewhat portal esque, at least in its basic structure of like you're in a room, you're going to solve this puzzle made out of mechanical stuff and then you're going to go on to the next room and do the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of there's a lot of like theological, there's a lot of philosophical writing in it like that. I never got far enough in to like fully uncover the nature of the story they were telling, but there's a lot of like high minded stuff going on there. So yeah, we we played some of two, uh-huh. and it's definitely more of that in 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 all respects for about thirty minutes, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're now in a robot utopia, <laughs> like like you emerge from the simulation in which all these puzzle rooms take place, and all of a sudden you're back in the real world, which is apparently a society of post human robots. Mm. But the most human robots you've ever heard, just yes. like kind of complaining, just like. Hey Bob, what are we doing today? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I, I kind of immediately just from the setup of this game, sort of retroactively started seeing what people like so much about the first game because, like, it right off the bat seems like it's really exploring kind of the nature of digital consciousness versus organic consciousness and stuff like that. Yes. Um, 
and then, but then but then yeah like it, it opens up into I don't, I don't know where it's going but like you're like again you're not in this simulation that's just a bunch of puzzle ruins anymore you're out in a world exploring like ancient ruins and like it, it seems it seems really interesting and there's a in the robot world again people who play talus principle one maybe this is uh, uh commonplace or makes more sense but it was really interesting to see in the robot world a museum with with like the buttons from the simulation puzzle game being like, Oh yeah, that's a button that was used mm. in the simulation. That, that sure is that fan that I was carrying around in half <laughs> yeah. a dozen puzzles just now, putting it on things to solve stuff. Like yeah. Yeah. Are, yeah. Uh, really, really seems interesting. A, a game I want to uh, spend a little more time in or a lot more time in. Um, and I'm debating on whether or not to kind of get through the Talos principle one. I, I sh- maybe not I a short endeavor there. <laughs> resist. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not, from what I saw, it's not a short game. Um, But also this game, again, I think this, this game kind of very much gets into the ending stuff of that game right off the bat. I might just watch like a video recap or something. I think that's probably the way to go. I think you, you kind of know what happened in that game by virtue of playing the the beginning of this game. They seem to set up though. I, I I think what I want more is just kind of the state of the world. I just, uh, I am a little unclear of uh, like timelines and, and what happened here. Uh, which I assume they go into in the first one. I don't know. Uh, and then Brad, a game. Still, I also- I, sorry, last thing I have just uh, still still hilarious to me that this is the same developer of the Serious Sam game. Yeah, yeah. Serious Sam was like pretty good. I know this is Serious yeah, Sam, yeah, but you're totally. It's, totally, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a quality qualifier. It's more of a tone yeah, qualifier. Yeah, no, yeah. I got nothing against Serious Sam. They're just so different. Sam's ex- existential crisis. You mm. know. Uh, Remember those giant, those giant bosses that would just stomp around in Serious oh, yeah. Sam? Like, yeah. That was cool. Uh, a game I want to play also, Brad, you played a little bit more. It sounds like uh, you kind of got to where that demo was or that early, oh, it was a demo, of Jusson. Yes, I have played some Jusson <laughs> uh, since it came out. It's on it's on Game Pass. I played it on the Xbox. Um, yeah, we, we streamed the demo of this not too long ago, like yeah. three, four months ago or something. It, the demo turned out to be the beginning of the game, so I have not actually gotten past where the demo ends. I had but, the exact same experience with RoboCop. I am now <laughs> right back where the demo ended, and now I am finally getting into the game. Um, it's a... It's very tempting to call it a grow home-like. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's a climber. It's, it's not quite that. It's not quite that. It's sort of that. It is It is a climbing game. You are climbing a mountain, like one mountain in this game. But it's less um, quoppy than, than uh, like, Grow Home yes, was, right? Yes and no. I mean, like it, the, the climbing controls, the grip is mapped to the shoulder yeah. buttons, or rather the triggers in this case, just like that game was. But Grow Home is much more freeform. You can grab anywhere. And this game is more like there are handholds that you are grabbing mm-hmm. between. So it's kind of it's level it's kind design. Of a, it's, it's kind of a mix of you are having to like there is some manual dexterity to grabbing thing after thing with individual hands mm-hmm. and working the triggers, but but you are more confined to the handholds that they have built into the level design. Um, you do get uh, what's the climbing term? Piton, the kind of spike, the metal oh, spike. Oh, sure, can, like, yeah. I always said wall, piton, the, but like uh, piton, I'll go with it. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it aloud. That's I think that's what Google just told me. Okay. Oh, you mean a pitton? Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, a pitton. Uh, anyway, you get you get some of those that you can jam in. You know, there's a stamina meter. There are considerations for like how long you can hang on the wall without falling and sure. stuff like that. And you get those. You get those that you can jam in where kind of wherever you want that give you like a kind of a fallback, right? You know, sort of a um, like a failsafe, I guess. Like if you you jam one in halfway through a long climb, and then if you fall, you'll only hang at that point, not die or fall back to the beginning. I I really liked what I saw during that demo. It seems yeah. like a 
uh, I don't think chill is the right adjective for that game, but there's something. Um, it's Spartan. It's like yeah, it, it has this very sparse kind of open feel to it. There isn't a lot of life, at least from that demo that we played. It doesn't seem like there were a lot of people around. It's more that it's just a big open nature area and you were kind of exploring. It doesn't feel like ruins so much as just kind of like a small number of people kind of living around that space. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, the story is all told through kind of diary entries, like text log type stuff. Um, it's atmospheric, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of like the, I like the art style. Looks, looks very nice. Uh, Brad, um, you had mentioned this. Uh, I, I didn't bring this up before in the notes, but um, I was just looking to see if anything else was going on here. A game I kind of want to jump into, and you had mentioned this, I think, as a goof on our Planorama once. Nowntown is in early access. I'm so sorry. are we going down to Nowntown? I'm sorry. And I kind of want to go to Nowntown. It's a language learning game uh, that is in early access. I don't know if the VR part of it is out, but it's on the on the PC. I, I had the thought la- when I was playing Jusant last night when they defined that term at the beginning of the game, straight up dictionary entry style uh-huh. of just like, what if you just went and tried to become... Okay, don't 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 misinterpret the use of the word proficient here, because by proficient I mean like able to basically parse the most fundamental sentence structure. But like, what mm-hmm. if you just like went and tried to be like, okay, I know how a, f- a sentence is formed in French now, you know, like sure. yes. do the same for let's say half a dozen European languages and anyway, yeah, go on. Like, uh, well, like yeah, if you, I mean, look, if you, with polyglot, is that the uh... yeah poly- polyglot is the term? I I. <laughs> I weirdly ended up on like my, my YouTube recommendations got very poisoned by learn learn a new language recommendations for a while recently, uh-huh. which like very quickly led to like drama in polyglot YouTube Oh no! where like some people were doing a video calling out other what? language YouTubers saying like, yeah, they don't actually really know these languages like barely at all. <laughs> they're like, they're totally fronting that they oh, speak 20 gosh. languages. They're full of shit. Like try to actually talk to them in one of them, see what they can do. Okay. The internet is the internet is wild. Well, Nowntown in early access is out. I don't know that much about it. I, I did watch the like developer doing the live stream. The um thing though that was <laughs> maybe the most interesting to me, if you if you go to um uh Nowntown's YouTube channel, right? And you go and you look at their shorts. I th- I think it's a developer on it on it who b- took over um the PR for it and just has some like YouTube shorts just being like I don't really know what I'm doing <laughs> but I have to go this game is coming out uh, our our PR person or our head of marketing I think just had a baby uh, or they they know they had mm-hmm. a baby um and it's I don't those made me laugh uh you know small studio problems uh which was pretty funny uh, i'm gonna see if i could find exactly what it is yes uh so the there's one um <laughs> there was one you just watch them i thought they were funny there's one where the developer is like i was giving this talk in a big audience um it's always nice to take questions uh, and there's an interesting questions uh question that said uh um I think your game is nonsense. And how do we know this is you're really teaching people how to speak? Uh, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I, this is a really interesting question. Uh, so, uh, that I didn't have an answer to. So I just had him thrown out. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> I 
which I have no idea. A, <laughs> yeah, which is just a, you know, uh, just a funny thing to see. I don't know. Good on good on Nowtown's YouTube channel. <laughs> like, got Bless a kick them. out of it. Yeah, got a kick out of it. Anyway, that's uh, maybe I'll go into Nowtown. I am always fascinated by people who are are very good with languages. My wife is pretty good with languages. I'm terrible, absolutely atrocious. Uh, at languages um i'm good at one i cannot be good at any others i've tried i can like i can't even yes english i can read okay i still can't uh uh uh, pronounce and do the speaking part of english okay and that's been my experience with any other foreign language is i can usually get the vocabulary and reading down but don't put me in a conversation or ask me to make the sounds with my mouth yes yeah i did i did two years of high school german and two years of college japanese and kind of roughly where you said okay still still remember bits and pieces i took like like six years worth of spanish between late elementary school and high school and let me tell you right now i've got como esta Uh muy bien Uh donde esta la biblioteca that's all i got (laughs) um i we should all just get away into downtown again i'm not trying to promote Mm -hmm. downtown as some language learning uh, downloading it as we speak okay like I, I, my mother-in-law was like actually big into the, uh, um, academics of language learning. I have some pretty decent ideas of what should go into language learning. I don't know if this is doing a lot of great stuff, but anything that might mix gaming and learning in mm-hmm. a good way. Oh, edutainment. Edutainment. Um, what language, Brad? All right. If you got, if you were to play something like Nowntown or, or appropriate, what would what's the first language you would pick up to be like? I would like to know a little bit more of this. Probably brush up on those two because I've already got some basis. Okay, so like I Japanese could just or use German. A refresher on, yeah. Okay. Um, I think I could, I think I could read like a hundred kanji at my at, at my height. That's pretty good. Let's say I'm down to like maybe three now. <laughs> well, okay. I, no, not actually. I could I can I can get the days of the week and stuff like that, but. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I, I it, it's, it's, it's mostly the other European languages that I don't have a lot of proficiency in that I mm. think would be very helpful. Well, that's good. Not, not only, or actually not only very helpful, but there's like, like, especially if you learn German as an English speaker, yes. like, and I know the romance languages are not quite to this degree, but like there's enough in common that you already have a, like a, a subconscious bridge oh, yeah. to learning a lot of it with the you romance know, like, languages. Well, Latin, Latin based languages, yeah, yeah, Germanic yeah. stuff is all weird. And then, yeah, 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 that's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's why. Yeah, but a lot of German, German also just sounds like English words where they add extra syllables. So that's, that's what I meant. Like that's that there is a lot of commonality there. Um, but so, yeah, yeah, like, like, um, look, I get my Spanish and my Italian mixed up all the time to the great consternation of my wife. She just, mm-hmm. just stops talking to the children in Spanish. Half of it's Italian. You're just mixing them up. Um, but German to me is like a nightmare of just, just like let's just call them Uber words. They're just gigantic mm. mushes of words in yes. a way that makes compound sense. German compound nouns are incredible. And like stuff that's declined and I don't know, like declination, the whole thing. And then Japanese I looked at it for a little while. Um I found Japanese f- sentence structure to be and maybe I could be wrong, but at the time semi rigid in a way that like uh, made sense mm. like it was like okay a lot it's of the di- sentence totally different from how yes we do no. it but uh, yeah. yes yes and no like verbs typically go at the end but actually a lot of parts of speech are particle based meaning you follow the the term with a syllable that denotes what what role it mm-hmm. plays in the sentence or, yes. or or in a lot of cases it's like it's complicated man it's a lot yeah 
But it's it seemed like, like it had of, rules that it generally seemed to follow most yeah, of the time. Yes, until you think that until you get into like casual speech. Like okay, because like, that was very early on. That's that's saying. what it, okay. that's what it is. Is that we okay. learned almost entirely formal ah. uh, speech in my two years, and it is quite rigid there. But the second you start getting into like, oh, you're talking to your friends now, not your oh, boss. Like it's okay. all over the place, man. There are uh, something like there are something like at least seven different personal pronouns you can use. Okay. For example, um, also a lot of a lot of like a lot of what you're saying is omitted based on context or based on implication or understanding. Okay. It's like you wouldn't even like in a lot of cases you wouldn't even say I if it's understood that you're talking about yourself, for example. Sure. Like it's you know I mean that's true in every language to a degree, but um, I, look, I'm from what I hear from. Uh, non-native English speakers, I'm very glad that I grew up with English because it sounds like learning English is just a goddamn nightmare. Like, uh, like oh the, yeah, absolutely. The, the rules of English are non-existent, and all the word, like the the uh, phonetic way uh, rules of English are just. It's a real inelegant language. Like it has a lot of rules, but it's they're all applied in very haphazard ways. And everyone I know who originally started speaking another language and learned English said it is like the kludgiest, most clumsy (laughs) language they've ever had to try and wrap their mouth around. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a real mud of a language, right? Like there's like a ton of the words are French because of the Norman conquest, and there's a bunch of Latin stuff in there and blah 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 and there's even like some nordic like roots in some of it like it's just all over the goddamn place what what would you if you had to talk to someone learning english how would you tell them to pronounce o-u-g-h that's always the one that's always the one for me yeah i mean i would just go ought is it is it is it cough is it through is it bow is it i mean there's like so many like i mean like i i've had to you know raise two kids trying to learn it and learning it natively I couldn't. I couldn't imagine trying to teach it. You know what? You're like, right. We're throwing this shit out. We're going back to Esperanto. <laughs> Look, they had the right idea. They just were at the uh, wrong time. Now the world is ready. Now we're ready. Yeah. Now we're ready. King I, of all cosmos. He knows. I think I would. I would. Um. I really want to learn Korean. Like I. I think I, w- I would. If I download Nowntown, I think I want to try and um, uh, br- not brush up. Uh, introduce myself to yeah. uh, uh, Korean. I would love to learn Mandarin. Uh, mm. just so I could talk to my partner's family. Um, but even when she tries to teach me just like single words or like things, what I've realized is that there is just a wrapper around a lot of like syllables and sounds that mm. if you speak the language, you learn your mouth just starts like developing like, okay, there's this intonation, there's that intonation, whatever. I just don't have it any of that. So right. like she'll say a thing and it'll sound like something and you're like, nope, that's a hundred percent wrong. And I'm like, but that's what I thought I heard you say. It's like, nope, right. there's like there's like these nuances in there. In that, tone languages are a whole other thing. Yeah, like but that's that. the thing is there's nuances there as an English speaker, again, speaking this kludgy, clumsy ass language yeah. that it's just your mouth is not used to contorting itself in that way to even think about speaking that way. Now turn. Yeah. I'm not saying Chinese is impossible, I'm saying I'm too dumb for it. Oh yeah, and it's impossible for it's someone just... this dumb. Yes, <laughs> uh, twenty-seven do... positive reviews on Mountown. How many? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Might I might have to go down. Downtown. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey Brad, do you know if um since you did some Japanese, do you know if it, is there shared kanji between or like uh, characters between like Chinese and yeah kanji, kanji kanji quite literally means Chinese characters. So so it is. Are like they, they just, yeah. yeah. They're presented like, differently, though, because like a lot uh, of Chinese is up and down, and a lot of Japanese is side to side, isn't it? Mm, 
Or am I totally wrong on that? I could not, be. You mean you mean how it's written? Like how, how it's, it's written oriented? Yeah. I I don't know about that. Okay. Um and there was a, there was a, what, only like 40,000-ish or, or mm, so, something. I don't know. I mean, there boy, that's a whole conversation. I just, I I barely know the parameters of this. There's like there's like a low threshold the government defines as literate. Oh, I which see. Which is okay. I think like in the low thousands um that you're expected to know to be able to like read the newspaper, but there's tons of Okay. It's another thing I another thing I as my YouTube recommendations got extremely linguistic. I found a video of a Japanese dude going around Tokyo talking, interviewing other Japanese people on the street, showing them obscure kanji and seeing if they could read them. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And okay. it was it was a whole lot of like, uh, is that something, something? No, it's like it was definitely there was plenty of confusion there. OK. okay. Uh, all right. Let's move on. We're going to uh, look pl- like we said, plenty of stuff out there. Yes. If you want to get out there, go learn uh, something. That's right. Maybe I will. Uh, maybe I will also take a trip to downtown and just see uh, what's going on there. Again, I think it's in early access. I don't even think it's out it yet. It is. And and when I looked on the videos as I was watching before, uh, I think there's a VR component of it, but I don't know if that one is actually out yet. Also. I think that's a separate product from what I saw. Is it okay? Um, yeah. Again, I don't know too much. I, language stuff always interests me. Uh, though so see, japanese korean chinese german f- uh, spanish french and italian currently great great uh, it's got um <laughs> how was the full version planned to differ we plan to add more languages <laughs> yeah that's a good way to do it uh it's got voice recognition in it um hmm. so that you can speak and tr- it'll try and recognize you though in the demo i saw again i think it's a developer i'm not 100 sure um they were demoing it and was like oh shit that's the wrong word but it graded them on the word anyway so i'm not sure how accurate it is voice recognition stuff especially i think if you're not a a native speaker of it i think i in the the older stuff i've tried which was like rosetta stone land is has never been a hundred percent great yeah that's a tough one you guys you guys ever translate text with google lens or i guess it's just called the google app now no i've seen people do it and it seems kind of neat like that's where you hold your phone up and it just translates is it better now it's, it's quite it, good. My, it's good. Like, this okay. is super random. This happened last night. My girlfriend has a Japanese coworker who wrote her like a thank you note in Japanese. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like by request. Like my girlfriend was like, she's like, oh, why don't you write in Japanese? I just want to see it or whatever. Like easily, like the, the, the phone app took the zero time to translate handwritten Japanese, which I'm not going to weigh in on the quality of her handwriting or anything, <laughs> but like it was not printed text. Yeah. And it translated it perfectly intelligibly, like instantly. That's wild. Like, it's, it's, that- gotten, it's gotten extremely good. I do you know if that's on like pretty much every version of a uh, current OS uh, or like does that work on modern Apple phones? I would, I would assume iPhone? so because um, I assume that works on just about everything that you might have at this point. Uh, just get, the, okay, get new phone. The one, new the one thing I could not find is a way to transliterate the Japanese characters into Latin characters, but retain the pronunciation like phonetically. If oh, you want to, so if you, you can like try and you, read it. Yeah, if you can't read the characters but want to know how to pronounce it, I don't yeah. think it has that. But that wouldn't be that hard to implement. Man, what? Sorry, is it? What's it's katakana and hiragana? Yeah, those are the simplified alphabets. Katakana okay. is for foreign words. Okay. Hey, yeah, tune so into our new podcast. If, if you if, if you want to exclusively play Famicom games in Japanese, you can do that fairly easily because the Famicom is not high resolution enough to display kanji. So everything Perfect. so everything is written in kana. Oh, that's wild. Okay. I did that is a weird thing. Like I, I uh, think I've I think I actually have seen people like people we know on Twitter saying that like 
playing Famicom games was a great way to help learn Japanese because you can get into reading it very quickly without having to know all the kanji. Huh. Huh. Well, we're all going to be language experts. And Assassin's Creed experts. And climbing experts. And puzzle experts. And fish experts. experts. And fish experts. Uh, All right, we're going to take another break here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about what's going on in the news. Stick around. Folks, we are back. I hope you didn't miss us, or did you miss me? Or, I don't know, insert video game thing here. We've been doing this a long time. There's plenty of catchphrases. Missed kept you with that. Kept you waiting, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, we are here. It's time to talk about some of the news, and this week we've got some of the news. This one's kind of funny. Kind of, kind of funny. Brad Shoemaker, you've got a list of stuff here, and I think we should start with the Grand Theft Auto 6 stuff. Being that it is Take Two's earning call coming up and, and and all that, so like we do want to get their message out there. What is going on with Grand Theft Auto Six? Will it be GTA Six? Who can say? Who can say? This email from Rockstar Games in my inbox this morning refers to it as the next Grand Theft Auto. Okay. 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 Um. Yeah, they uh, Rockstar has announced. Uh, I guess. I guess next month is their twenty fifth anniversary. Uh huh. This had been going around the last day or two. I had been seeing people speculate about whether Keeley was going to get the GTA 6 reveal for the Game Awards or not, which I assume must have been a rumor, because otherwise, why would you talk about that? Uh Anyway, sure enough, here's Rockstar this morning saying, hey, for our 25th anniversary, we will release the first trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto next month. Okay. So, you know, the very first time anyone will ever Uh have seen footage of Grand Theft Auto 6. Yes. Ever on this earth. (laughs) I certainly haven't seen it. As far as Rockstar wants you to believe, yes. You're, of course, referring to the leaked footage. That was a pretty massive leak. Pretty dire leak of a lot of extremely early and and like not even fit for public consumption footage. Uh More like in development stuff. So... I, I don't remember the leaked footage too much. I what you I during the break I do yeah you guys were talking about. I was like oh I remember that. It had a lot of like it was kind of interesting to see because it had a lot of, a lot of in development uh, tools in it right like a lot of the dev tools yeah. are still active. You could see uh, it, yeah, but we still don't know exactly the kind of setup and the story was speculated right. The footage the footage kind of lined up with some prior leaks about where it would be set and what it would be about, but. I mean, the gist was it was a Bonnie and Clyde story in Vice City, more or less. Male and female co-leads, like potentially two playable. Who knows? There could be more. There could just be one. Well, I think one of the things they they seem to indicate was that if it is Vice City, it actually extends out further into whatever their version of Florida is. Hmm. There's supposed to be like some like Everglades swamp stuff in there too. Is that out of the leaks? I, I think that was in, like, the early volley of leaks, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, you know, that even even 5, like, had a lot more area around City than, yes. than you would have seen in previous games. It's certainly, especially with these new consoles having way more memory, it seems likely they could do something like that. Much bigger landmass. Also, there's also the weird wild card of, like, online is probably all they actually care about now. Hmm. So what are they actually doing with the single player game to just prepare the ground for whatever online plans they have? Boy, I, that's a great question. I wonder if they leave those things separate for now. I, well, I don't know. 
it's complicated in a couple of ways because, you know, I mean, look, the campaigns are obviously had been the draw for Grand Theft uh-huh. Auto for a long time, but we are now in a Dan Hauser list. And also, uh, you know, it's not like the Benz is still around to be the fixer. Like, it's Sam Hauser's show. And I imagine <laughs> Dan Hauser probably did some of the writing work on that game before he left, but I don't know. They have not, obviously, until we see this trailer, we don't know what kind of tone this thing is going to strike. But the the other thing is that the last time they tried online, which was in Red Dead, it didn't work. Yeah, and, that was such a different thing, though. Yeah, but, I guess but they tried to make it that way, and they never found the right thing for it. I think my bigger uh, uh, a game uh, game industry veteran take would be um, GTA Online. I assume still prints freaking shark bucks, whatever they call them, still. Today, Still, right shark, now, yes. Shark cards. Shark cards, whatever yeah. they are. Do you split that base up and do a thing that is requires you to, I assume, be on the next generation of platforms? Or do you just bring GTA Online into this game and say, everything you had comes in, we're continuing this, and you can now explore this area in GTA Online as yeah, a, that's as a bigger tough. Thing. I mean, I think the closest analog that comes to mind is World of Warcraft, and yeah. there's certainly a reason they never made a World of Warcraft two. Right, and you just make zones, right? You just make other zones that you can go into, where like, oh, you can load into this place and fly around, but you can't fly around in your others. <laughs> okay, are you saying? Are you saying they're going to add flying mounts to Grand Theft Auto Online? Maybe. I mean, Is that, maybe. Are we going to get Grand Theft Auto Cataclysm now? <laughs> Which we'll, well, we'll, we'll get to in a second because we're going to talk a bit about BlizzCon. I have a question for you guys about that stuff. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I th- that to me, I don't... If Rockstar just did a whole new GTA Online, that seems like the wrong move for me. That seems that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough nut to crack for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I have also, a theory. Uh-huh. But okay. real quick, I mean, but also if you try to bring the old game over, then you're somewhat bound by all that work, that technology, level design, etc. That was done on old platforms. Not only that, and I agree. I think that's part of why they actually are going to probably launch this as a new online mode. But the other thing is that you now have the opportunity to sell a whole bunch of shit to the people that are still playing your game that already bought all your old shit. Yeah, yes, but... And those people are not going to stop playing because now they have to go invest in a new platform. If anything, they're probably stoked because they collected all that shit a long time ago and they have just been, like, experiencing the drip feed of content they've been putting out ever since. Okay, let me ask. I have not played Grand Theft Auto Online. Isn't, uh-huh. like, property ownership a pretty big deal in that game? Like, having a yes. house and stuff? Like, I, I could see maybe they give there's some pathway to, like, mm. the deed for your house transfers right over, or blah, blah, blah. Or you, you can like, buy like, one free like cool house because like you the, were a, a power player in the last like, game. Like, some kind of continuity that, that comes over but doesn't require you to maintain two two games at once or something? Yeah. Can we agree worst case scenario is they announce this, they announce a new GTA online, and then three months later they announce they're turning the servers off on the original GTA online? Oh, I, I bet original runs for years. That I also this. believe, yes. Because that's like, the biggest thing to me is like, what do you do with that? Do you just let it just collect money? And if people want to come over, they come over. Otherwise, stay in there and just yeah. buy, buy whatever You're- you want to buy. They're not going to make new content for it once this right. whatever online version of GTA 6 comes out, whether it's at launch or, or later, because mm. I mean, it was later in, in GTA. Though I have to imagine they have something prepared for launch here for this, but I think they probably let that game run for a good long time until yeah. it just, just stops making money. Yeah. I, I, could, I could see them continue. I mean, I, I don't know what they add to it on an ongoing basis. Maybe it doesn't get that much new content to begin with, but you know, they're, still making, kept- they're still making EverQuest 1 expansion packs, you know, <laughs> like... They they could support both games separately. 
Um, we'll see. And I, I, you know, for me, I the, the biggest I got into the online stuff was when we did the heists, uh, uh, doing the crime crew stuff, and I was kind of paying attention in that world, and because that was all from the online, that was all mm-hmm. GTA online, and that stuff was fun. And if they did more of those things, hey, look. Maybe it's time to get the crime crew back together again. Uh, and, one and last start job. And by one <laughs> yeah. last job, I mean a series of about 14 <laughs> jobs. And maybe maybe the functionality of getting a, a crew together without spending three days uh, worrying about the weird collapsing infrastructure there. Oh, no. It'll still be <laughs> fucked. It'll still be totally uh, fucked. I don't care how many years they've had to work on it. That Whatever they launch will still have a lot of things broken when that happens. But, crossplay um, crime crew. Crossplay, crossplay crime crew. Uh, and... I am still, uh, you know, look, consider me old school Grand Theft Auto, and I kind of want to see what they do in the narrative here and see, see, see what a 2023 announced, let's say this game is probably not going to be until 2025 or 26, right? Uh, depending on how mm, far along they are. What I, my memory of five is they announced and released in the same yeah. year. Within I, the year? I think I, I think by holiday next year I, it will be out. Okay. I, I, I pretty distinctly remember going to the cliff with Ryan and Jeff to see that game like before it had been announced, I want to say. I, maybe it had been announced by then, actually. I could be wrong. But it was like they, they showed it for the first time like maybe six months before okay. it came out. I can that's, believe it. That's the so, thing is that I, I would almost bank on even maybe a summer release date like June uh, or something. So when was GTA Five? 2013 okay like september i think red dead very different game right red dead yes. 2 um i am curious what narrative tone they strike in a gta 6 in again in a modern uh uh take two that's or, really it yeah right. i mean especially with like the hauser brain trust out of there or just like who, it's who? been a, it's been a long 10 years you know in in the yeah. in the video game world like a lot of that stuff i just don't think oh yeah i mean socio-political satire is dead and buried at this point like there's no i mean we've said this a thousand times like you can't satirize what's going on in the world (laughs) right but let's also be clear their satire was also never that good like it was better than a lot of other video games for a while but like by the time gta 5 rolled around that shit sounded like warmed over south park like it was not good it it it, it never did that much for me i I thought that i always thought the red dead games were miles ahead of gta and oh two in in particular yeah in terms of of writing but i think i think look i i never like the gta stuff for me was always you know it was riffing on a riff of a riff of Hollywood stuff, right? And it was like, okay, you know, fine. But I think it has not aged well at all. And so no. that's what makes me very curious to see what a modern one, the, the, the tone is going to be on that stuff. You know, it, it dabbled in cliche and stereotype in a way that was so broad that I don't even think would pass as satire or, or that funny. Now, no, you like know? 20 years ago. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. back when, you know, let's just say the, the idea of video games having decent writing was still kind of like a novel concept. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. Like, and some of the, look, I'm not saying there were never good jokes in those games. Sometimes there were, but then a lot of it was also just really bad wordplay. That was just a bad homophobic joke. Like none of it was really that sharp so much as it was just sharper than a lot of other video games yeah i mean honestly it remains to be seen you know the proof will be in the pudding but it could be a good thing that the kind of big name creatives are out of there now Mm. because it's gonna give other people a chance to shine like a like a a different a new group of writers to put a put their own stamp on what this is doing and like modernize it hopefully 
That's what I hope for. Yeah, like that's what I'm really wanting to see is that by bringing in different writing talent and maybe taking a slightly different approach, can they actually do something that is interesting or, you know, satirical in a way that doesn't just feel like the same gags? Here, here's my here's my 2023 hot take review. Ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, GTA 3 went soft. They went woke. <laughs> GTA went woke. Uh, and all You'll the, get that regardless. Yeah, it right? does not matter what they GTA do. GTA went yes. woke. And also... Um, Let's say five missions are extremely offensive. <laughs> like there are, there are at least five or six Bare missions. minimum. <laughs> right. So you're going to get both, both, both ends of it. You're going to get yeah. GTA has got completely woke and like this is actually extremely offensive and like this representation is terrible or there's this, uh, how could you not get, uh, uh, appropriate research on this thing and doing this? This joke is old. You're going to get both of them. And I could just give the game right now. It's still going to get fives. <laughs> It'll just get fives yeah. across the board and, you know, yeah. and sell very well. Unless it's broken as hell. Yes, that is probably what will end up happening. And no, just the online will be broken yeah. as hell. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, it, based on that that leaked footage, it definitely feels like they are leaning into the Florida man thing a little bit in a lot of that stuff. And I'm, we'll see. Yeah, We'll see. We'll see. Um, but I, th- I think for me more than any other GTA game, that's probably my biggest question is like, what do you do? Like, what do you, yeah. like that, that style of game them just, so you can keep making money. Yeah. yeah. But like I mean, Red Dead two, again, at a very kind of like noble is kind of the word that comes to mind. Like, you know, it's a sincerity to it. Like right? I, I came out of that game, like with my mind blown specifically because i was like i didn't know they had that in them yeah like having played years of grand theft auto games like where the fuck was this story this whole time like why didn't you do more of this and and to be clear i i I, while i do agree that is one far and away like the best thing they have ever written like i think in even in that case their aspirations were still a little bigger than what they delivered on but what they delivered on was far and away the most mature feeling thing that they have ever done yeah easily um yeah. So yeah, we'll see in December. We'll see the announcements. Um, yeah, it, it'll be nice to see what it looks like. I, I I distinctly remember when we went and saw five in that hotel room, kind of being blown away by the three character instant mm-hmm. switching stuff. I mean, that was a lot more impressive on the last gen consoles before we. Oh God, that was two gens ago. Jesus. Um, before we had instant loading and everything. I mean, yeah, but. But it was more it was more like narratively how they handled it. You know, it's like, oh, you're just going to zoom up in the, to the map and then zoom down to another place. And then that character is going to be in the middle of some shit every time you see right, them. Right. You know what I mean, like that whole that transition was really impressive. So, like, I hope they've got some more ideas for stuff like that. Yeah. Let me let me uh, since since we're so early and we can kind of just spit on speculate. Um, main. Uh, let me just ask you a question. You guys can yes or no these uh, main campaign co-op. Mm, no. I don't think so. Say unless no. unless there has just been such a sea change in the whole like ethos of how they make these games. Yeah. Like they have been they've always been so story driven that I think like like letting co op get in there and muck things up um is really just anathema to the way they do things. Like again, unless there are such different people running the show now that they don't give a shit, but like this is the company that you would go watch their demos and the person, the PR person playing had rehearsed the demo a thousand times right. because mm-hmm. they had to like walk at a specific speed to give everything the proper dramatic heft and so forth. Um, day and date PC release. Um, almost no. surely. 
Yeah. I would say. Uh, yeah. I would say, say no. no. But I'm no? going to say it's not that long of a window. It's not like a years long thing mm. or even maybe a year long thing. I think it's maybe like a handful of months at Actually, most. Actually, yeah, I'll, I, I will say if, if you're right, it will be for business reasons and not for yes technical reasons it'll it'll purely actually <clears throat> in that sense you may very well be right purely from the standpoint of like we can definitely get people to buy this on ps5 and then again on pc in a year yes get all the sharp um well yeah. actually they probably get the best return oh they still have their launcher is that on like their I believe desktop so. launcher? i have not fired up a rockstar game on pc in some time but i Me believe either. so because if they're going to launch a new gta online i'm sure they want the best return without anybody taking a cut of those uh shark cards you know uh do they launch a new social club with this game like hey the social club 2.0 or you know whatever on whatever thing. point oh it was when the last yeah, time they yeah. tried this right because yeah, i feel I like could, i can see some upgrades to it maybe. yeah yeah, same here. All right. Yeah, original's still going. So. The original launcher? No, the original social, social, club, social still, club still exists um, for what that's worth. Like, the thing I was going to say to answer your original question of, like, how do you migrate the Grand Theft Auto online, my, uh, like, audience yeah. to a GTA 6 online? Like, I think the answer is GTA 6. Like, if you think about before GTA online even existed, everybody's going to buy that game anyway, right? Like, yep. everybody everybody is going to buy gta 6 like they those games sold tens of millions of copies before there was an online mode so like like if you're rockstar you can just about probably assume every single person who plays gta online is going to buy this game for the single player anyway and then then they've already got it do you think this launches on ps4 and 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 xbox no. uh one no no Zero so you, you think chance. we're just at the point where it's like get get in the ship or you're, you're not playing these games, yeah right? i mean stranger things have happened like i certainly could eat my words on that but like especially by the time this is like even now that's barely a thing yeah. but by the time this comes out like this you know even if this is like as early as next summer that's still i think that's way behind the curve yeah, that's true. By the time this comes out, we'll still we'll be like another year in on this console. I'm, again, I still think about like my brothers who both don't have a PS5 or, or a new Xbox yet, and I wouldn't consider them like people who don't play a lot of games. They just they just haven't seen the motivation to go get. They haven't had the cutoff, the big cutoff yeah. yet. It's um, it's why I think that if there is a delay on the PC version, it won't be very long. Because yeah, I think yeah. that's going to be their like, okay, well, maybe if you don't have these new consoles, this right. is how we're going to get it into your hands. Yeah, method. like. I mean, this is this is just my gut feeling from talking to people and stuff, but I really feel like the X Clouds and the GeForce Nows of the world are starting to make actual inroads where there might be. Okay. Like I've talked about, like I have family members who like basically buy the new PlayStation to play the new GTA and then like <laughs> never buy another game for it. Right. And people like that could very well be better served by just signing up for a thing and playing the game like on a virtual 4090, you know, and then they're done. They're done. I think we can all agree, though, no matter the speculation, that game's going to do pretty well. Yes. Uh, I'm sure their earnings report today, getting that thing out there, has boosted some stock price or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, Alex, do you want to uh, kick off this story for the uh, um, the next Night in the Woods, the, the would-be sequel to Night in the Woods? Well, it's not a sequel. It was never intended to be a sequel to Night in the Woods. It would be their follow-up game, but follow it was up not. Game. Okay. Yeah, uh, Revenant Grove was the game we're talking about here, uh, which was not a, a Night in the Woods sequel. but Reven Revenant Hill. Revenant Hill, sorry, yes. Um, and the Glory Society, the, uh, the co-op developer that was uh, founded by two of the three people who made uh, Night in the Woods, uh, Bethany Hockenberry and Scott Benson, 
Uh, so Scott announced on social media that he has been suffering from pretty severe health problems through the majority of this year, uh, and is going to have to step away from the co-op, uh, and as a result, uh, it sounds like if the company itself is not disbanding, they are at least halting development on, Mm. on Revenant Hill. Yeah, the statement says, for all intents and purposes, this is the end of development. So... We saw this. Was it an Xbox? One of the it was a PlayStation. Was it PlayStation. It was one of the PlayStation events. They showed yeah. a very short teaser, and that was it. Okay. Yeah. Here's the. I could look at the dates. Here's the. Here's the PlayStation teaser. Oh God, that was early this year. That was not that long ago. Oh my it was God, like maybe I, six, less than six months ago. If you told me that was like two years ago, I would have believed you. I think they announced the game on social media like a year and a half to two years ago, but okay. that was it. There wasn't even really a trailer attached to it. Yeah, I, I remember this teaser on that stream and people being super, super hyped for it because, of course, because people love Night in the Woods. Yeah. That's, yeah, uh, that's got to be a really hard decision and a hard blow. Yeah, for that's yeah. rough. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not speaking objectively here because Scott and Bethany are friends of mine, but I will just say, you know, I wish them the best and I hope that, you know, things improve to such a degree that one day they can come back and make a game again. But, you know, obviously health comes above all other things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there is a statement in this uh, post. They said in the future, after the dust has settled, perhaps we'll talk about what we've made and learned together. I'd be curious to see, you know, mm-hmm. what, you know, what were the, in- what was the intent for this? Yeah. Um, where, where was this? But, uh, you know, wishing everybody the best as they move through that stuff. Uh, that is, uh, the glory society. So are, are they as a development, they were a co-op, right? So as they a, were a co-op, yeah. Uh, are they, Flat structure. are they saying they are done? Uh, the statement doesn't say definitively what's going to happen there. Just that, you know, Scott uh, is stepping away and they've okay. lost, you know, kind of the, some of the core creatives here. So it, but they don't say definitively this, we are no longer a, a going concern yet. Got it. Okay. Uh, other news you may have heard, I don't know if people may, sometimes people don't hear the news, but you may have heard that, uh, uh Microsoft picked up Activision Blizzard recently. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been in the news. They, uh, wow. you know, a lot of acquisitions happen. I can understand if you missed it. But that doesn't mean... I didn't mean... even know they dropped it. <laughs> well, uh, Activision Blizzard dropped another BlizzCon. Uh, you, uh, boy, I did oh, not know... Phil the... Spencer's BlizzCon. Phil Spencer's BlizzCon, yes. Uh, uh, I didn't know they still... Do they do these on the regular first... or they do these opportunistically? It, it, no, it was every year. Okay. Um, it was every year, yeah. First, first BlizzCon since before the pandemic in person, I believe. Okay. So uh, it's been a while. Look, I still have my... Oh man, I can't even remember the name of the creature. The Merc, 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 Murloc, Murloc with the flag or the Blizzcon <laughs> with Murloc with a what? A flag? flag I, think it's, I think it was a flag, flag. that had, it said Blizzcon on it or something. Huh. It was like a plush. No, in the game. In oh, the game. Yeah, like, like an asset. Yeah. Like wow, well, well, interesting. Wow, pet. I think I cashed it in. Somebody yeah, told me the, once if I hadn't cashed it in, those things are worth like a, a good amount. Yeah, I think uh, I think everything is. Everything old WoW is worth a lot. Did we I, somebody somebody we know found one or two factory sealed original WoW collectors editions in their garage? Oh, oh wow! Shit, and moved them for quite a bit. I bet. Okay. My wow. biggest. I tell the story every time we talk about BlizzCon, which isn't that often. But my biggest BlizzCon memory is when I was filming 
uh, you guys know the story and probably half the audience knows the story filming a thing off the screen at blizzcon and somebody from ign uh that i know said hey could i borrow that footage my my battery died during the thing and i was like yeah definitely and somebody at GameSpot was like don't give it to them <laughs> basically they're the enemy <laughs> i was like dude wow. it's filmed it's it's a it's a press thing off the it's off, it's off the screen. That was that was the game, man. We yeah. were at war. Yes. Also, like this video game publication sectarianism, <laughs> like this has got to stop. Yeah, I mean, like I think it has stopped because yeah, video game, game publications have stopped. There's nothing left. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm not defending it, but it was a highly competitive environment. Let's say I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. We, I think we, it was we Nick were, from IGN at the time. Uh, we, were, we were the two biggest game sites in the world trading that position back and forth. Yes, and it was like. Uh, dude, I'll say this: the production teams did not have as much of that. They were just like, "This all sucks. This is hard." Yeah, to no. Do. I, yes, I'm. I'm with you. I, um, anyway, it was always dumb. I, I I also like to hang out with editors from other publications, and <laughs> that was not always looked on kindly. Uh, but BlizzCon did happen, uh, and I guess the news, the biggest kind of news here is that not really a lot of news. Yeah, this is like token mention of BlizzCon here. I mean, Phil Spencer was on the stage. That's, <laughs> of course, a big deal and sign of the times. Like, the actual news, if you want to get down to it, is they announced the, the first Diablo 4 expansion. Uh-huh. They announced the next three World of Warcraft expansions. Okay, but this is where I had my BlizzCon question. So, they announced for the, uh, what is it, Biz- World of Warcraft Classic? Is that what it's called? Yes. It's cataclysm. getting the Cataclysm expansion, yes. which doesn't I it make it not classic anymore? Yes. Like, in, in my mind, and certainly I have seen that reaction as well, absolutely. Like, <laughs> Cataclysm is the thing that, f- I don't want to say <laughs> fucked everything up, but it, it certainly dramatically changed everything. It's why the they game. made classic, right? Yes. Pretty I, much. I, 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 thought, I don't know. I mean, there are a bajillion like mechanical reasons as well that they that people wanted classic, not just the state of the world, but I think the state of the world certainly was probably the biggest factor. Like, so, it was the only way to go back to the WoW you remember from two thousand four because they, right. you know, like that that spot in in um, oh my god, Elwyn, that spot in Elwyn Forest, like everything's burned down now. You know, like you can't go see that forest anymore. <laughs> So there's will a they giant make- fucking tornado in the middle of Westfall. Do we I don't a- want to see that thing. We need a classic classic. I just want to go hang out with old Blanche. That was exactly what I was going to say. And that's totally what they're going to do. They're going to sell a double classic edition. Yes, like World of Warcraft classic classic coming 2025. <laughs> original classic. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought that was original, very funny. recipe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going through this list. Um, Some Overwatch 2 character stuff. Yeah, it was it was like it was Diablo 4 expansion, three WoW expansions like that Warcraft Rumble mobile game launched, and that was kind of it. Uh, there's and a like, Diablo ta- uh, tabletop game coming out. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, if, you know, I was like, that's like, cool. Like they, they brought Chris Metzen out to talk now that he's back as kind of the creative lead of the Warcraft universe. Sure. It sounded like they've kind of got some like MCU-esque plans for <laughs> building out the Warcraft fiction and product line. Sure. Okay. Uh, sure. Anyway. It was pretty uneventful. I mean, I guess that's probably to be expected as they've been in the middle of a massive acquisition for the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Phil Spencer was there. He said the word Starcraft on stage mm-hmm. in, a, in, in a fully noncommittal fashion. I I didn't see any footage from it. Do you know if he got like a big round of applause? Like uh, is, the, is the BlizzCon audience accepting of the 
of Phil Spencer I don't at know. this point. I would, I would assume he was Were there boos in the audience? I, I highly doubt I it. I highly doubt uh, it, too. I didn't see the footage either. I just read the quotes, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the new age has started. Yes. Um, uh, and then and then Mike, Mike Ibarra, the current head of Blizzard, gave an interview to, I believe it was The Verge? I think that's right. Is this where the, the uh, creative freedom stuff comes yeah, from? Yeah, talking about like Blizzard... He expects Blizzard to feel more independent or like they have more independence under Xbox than they have previously. All right. Which like, I don't know. I don't know what the org chart looks like, but like presumably they have no, they're not beholden to quote unquote Activision in any, any way anymore. Right. Like, mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought I, about it like that. Actually. I have no idea, but yeah. I would assume that's like, I I certainly would hope that Xbox is going to treat them as a wholly separate unit that has nothing to do with quote unquote Activision anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you could. They're free to split it up however they want, right? Yeah. Uh, at that point, um, there's, there's also there's also the part that Mike Barra was a pretty high ranking Xbox guy for quite a while mm-hmm. uh, before, like I interviewed him at E3 at least once as like kind of here's here's the highest level Microsoft person you get to talk to. That's right. This year, so like he's he's obviously got a lot of history with Phil Spencer and other people in management so like you never say goodbye in this industry you just say see you later yeah it's true um of course blizzard has had far more than its share of issues in the past years so who knows where it's going but certainly probably a better environment for it to become something better now than it was in the last few years well we're definitely in it and um you know we'll see in a couple of years what the what the story is there uh is a, is a very weird time for Microsoft and now Activision Blizzard in terms of putting some proof behind this gigantic acquisition, you know? Like, a yep. lot of make goods for that one. Uh, yep. Speaking of Microsoft, and I don't know where the segue for this, but... Where are you uh, going with uh, this? I, well, uh, uh, was, would Phil Spencer be tweeting directly from his Xbox Not console Xbox. about this news? Nope. No, no, uh, Brad, what's going on? What it, what it, this is just a little bit of, uh, we, we've talked about Twitter's API mess, I guess. Is, yeah. Is the, the put it? PlayStation is pulling its Twitter, Twitter integration. Yep. Uh, soon. I'm not sure how soon. I think it's this month. I could be wrong. And this is a direct result of the API changes that have gone on at Twitter slash X, correct? Yes, yes. Well, I mean, Sony didn't come out and say that, but certainly Microsoft. Why else would they do this? That's the safe assumption because this is a pretty popular feature, which is actually kind of why I even put this in here. Is that people are not thrilled about this because like a lot of people use it to just get the screenshots off their console at all Mm -hmm. because it's the easiest way to do that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you have to plug a USB stick in or you can use the PlayStation mobile app to get the, to get media off. Um, Xbox pulled it, I think in April, which I think is when those API changes maybe came down the pipe. I forget. Uh, Uh, I think, uh, yes, they disabled it in April, but I, I mean, I, you know, I probably speak for a lot of people, certainly for myself here. I just typically play way more on the PS5 than I do the Xbox. Mm. And I also find the PS5's recording and media sharing stuff dramatically better. Mm-hmm. Certainly very easy. Yes. Like, I, I, I don't know about you guys. I routinely just, like, record clips on PlayStation of things that, like, oh, I missed a line of dialogue, you know. It's the phone rang or something. Like, I'm constantly just recording little bits to be like, oh, I want to go back and check something. They have pretty good features and a, um, a pretty good decent options for the size chunk yes that, that's record. that's what it is is yeah. the really 
quick granular options for yeah. like, oh, I want to save the last three minutes. Yes. I want to save the last hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, people are not thrilled about this because a lot of people truly did use that feature to post uh, post media from games to Twitter. I will never call it X. Um, <laughs> no. And boy, have they fucked this up. Like to have the de facto social media service that console video game players use to share stuff on on top of everything else they have fucked up. We don't need to belabor this, but man, have they fucked up. Badly. Well, Elon Musk says he's going to look into it. So, see what that means. Yes, we're looking into this very seriously. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll get fixed. Um, high on the list. High on the list. Yeah. Uh, oh, you guys like Mass Effect? I did. I thought I did. I did. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I, I do. I do. Actually, just realized last night I had added the Mass Effect Legendary Edition to my PlayStation cart when it was $12 and forgot to buy it. Did it go and back now, up? And now it's full price again. Oh, okay. Um, and seven day passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy N seven day to all of you. Uh, but Brad... And said, not an N7 day doesn't pass in the last decade or so where they don't put out some kind of teaser for what's coming up. I mean, look, we've been through a lot. (laughs) Can't help myself. Like, every time they dangle a carrot. Uh, This is at least the third tease for whatever thing is going. There was that poster. There was... Yeah, they've they've put out little bits of footage and art and stuff in the past. They put out a new teaser and a bunch of kind of ARG-ish sounding, like, transmission interrupted, like, audio transcripts. But this for one, people to, to pick through, but like, yeah, really, this is just to follow the breadcrumb trail. They keep dropping of what is the next Mass Effect going to be. Uh huh. And long story short, there are multiple signs in this pretty explicit signs that this is this game is absolutely going to tie into Andromeda directly. And this set way, way, way post trilogy is, in fact, set in the time frame of Andromeda. I, it's not possible. Is oh, it? anything's possible. It's well, I guess magic. Asari lived very long. Yeah, I mean, Liara, I think, is basically confirmed to be in the game, right? Yes. They showed I, her in that opening teaser, like I her, think. Her, her voice has been, like, there has been recorded dialogue from her in, I think it was yeah. last year's teaser. So, right. Asari lived a long time, so, but what was the Yeah, th- so she's believable. It was 600 years, right? The the For, travel to Andromeda, was it? Yeah, I think I think that's what, that's, yeah, it's in, in their universe, that's what it took. Um. Something like that. I mean, there, there's a date in here, 2819, which apparently in, in, in the game lore is the year that the Andromeda flotilla makes it to the Andromeda galaxy. All right. Well, so like there is full on, they are full on tying into Andromeda pretty, pretty hard. It sounds like distress call look, or maybe, something. Maybe it's just Andromeda. <laughs> I mean, it literally this, this readout literally says Andromeda, Andromeda. distress signal detected. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe they're just going to unify the two somehow. Maybe they came back. <laughs> Maybe they just came back. Maybe they come back. Maybe it would be very, 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 very funny to me if they come back and they're like, what happened? Andromeda just wasn't that good. <laughs> it sucked ass out there, man. It was not chill at all. It just didn't work. We, we didn't work. It didn't work out. We went in a different direction uh, and it didn't work out. We're just back. We're just back. Is Shepard around? <laughs> it's because that sells. Ah, look, I just want a good Mass Effect game. If you need to tie it into Andromeda, that's fine. I just want, I want a good one. That's it. Is that too much to ask? Or don't make one. 
I don't know. They also showed this video of some uh, very cool looking N7 armor, very sleek looking N7. Yeah, armor. like there, I mean, there, there's footage here. I think this is probably the most like, f not to say it's footage of the game, but like this is the most contiguous video they have put out related to this product today yeah. to date, right? Of a person in N7 gear walking. Yeah, it's like a trench coaty looking very bounty hunter looking almost like or like spy kind of get up yeah. yeah not not like the traditional armor no not both the shepherd yeah uh, yeah i don't know i don't know what to make of this do we love to i would love to have another good mass effect game yes. we all would man is there is there any time frame associated with mass effect at this point what do you mean like f like five is it is it like a oh you mean like when's it coming out yeah no, I mean, that's that's really the thing here is that, like, the more it seems like Dragon Age 4 is a troubled project, okay, the more it calls into question how much of this game even exists yet. Okay. Or, or how much, or, how, you know, if it will ever come out. At the rate that they are putting out promotional materials, we ain't getting this thing for a while. Mm. And I, have to assume, I have to assume other than, like, some small pre-production team that's got to be all hands on deck trying to get Dragon Age out, right? Definitely. And then they just had, they um, also recently were affected by layoffs, because we talked about it with yeah. Dreadwolf, right? Yeah. With, with Dragon Age. It's okay. easier to assume at this point that a studio has been affected by layoffs right. this year than hasn't. That's fair. Uh, well, that's your Andromeda in your Mass Effect. There's Andromeda in my Mass Effect uh, story. Uh, the last story here... There's live action in my Zelda? I, man, what the fuck? What? Brad, what's going on? Why? This is Miyamoto. I love. Uh -huh. <laughs> Hi, Miyamoto. This is Alex. <laughs> I love how, I love how they present the, tr the tweets on the Nintendo account when it's Miyamoto speaking. Uh -huh. This is Miyamoto. <laughs> uh-huh. It sounds, up. it sounds like he's coming in over the Metal Gear Solid codec. Yeah. <laughs> um. I have been working on the live-action film of The Legend of Zelda for many years now with Avi Aradson, who has uh, produced many mega-hit films. He has. So, I made it upwards of 24 hours since this announcement, uh -huh. with my brain refusing to compute the live-action part of that sentence, and so <laughs> you said it right before we came back from the break. Uh-huh. Like, I just completely short-circuited on that part because the Mario movie was so huge, I just assumed it was another Illumination, CG, whatever. Nope. They're making a live-action Zelda game, or movie. What? Swords will bleed, Brad. Uh, I mean, one I'd, thing that's for certain is that this kind of hero's journey has certainly never been told on the big screen before. Hmm. No. This is, uh, this is all new code. I... What? Why? I mean, I know why, but why? Why? Why money? I mean, I don't know why. Why? Why is a good question? Because honestly, I mean, you know, like that. I, I'm speaking more broadly, spiritually. Why do we need this? Because did you see how much that Mario movie made? Okay, why live action? That's what I mean more yeah. than anything else. Why do we want to tie an actor to Link? Like that's my thing. Like tie of uh, like Link. Like now we have to find we have to cast someone as Link, and that's going to be a whole thing, yeah. right? Yes. Like, yeah. What if they never speak? <laughs> you know, what if no way? What if they? I mean, I would be. <laughs> they fine did it. With that. They did it with the Mario cartoon. They're definitely going to do it for a live action. I would thing. be fine with that, <laughs> um, unless they cast something on Link where Link can't speak. But like, 
we have to cast Link. That means we got to put somebody in elf ears for an entire movie. No, he he has to talk because that's the only way you can jam in an excuse me princess okay. joke into that script. Uh, who gets final say on the casting? Oh boy, it's Miyamoto. It's Chris this Pratt. What if Chris Pratt is is Link? Dude, uh, what if Miyamoto is Link? Okay, it's like this is Miyamoto. I am Link. Like, <laughs> I was the only. No one, one else can do this but yeah. me. Charlie Day is is Link. The Chris Pratt thing is very funny, but like I don't think they I, like they have to get a young kid actor or young twenty something actor to do this. And Chris Pratt is a dad. Like I'm sorry, he's not a Link. How old is Michael Sarah at this point? Too old. Definitely too old. <laughs> too old. Okay. I mean, he's still got the build, but that's about it. <laughs> Uh, I I I don't know how he, I'm looking it up. Oh, he's only he's 35. Okay. Okay. That's, Link has never been 35, and he never will be 35. Is Link short? Until you get make him bigger. Yeah. Well, Until he eats the mushroom. <laughs> it's. Is he, he is short, right? Uh, well, because he's a kid. Sometimes, sometimes he's a little squat he's, pixel. He's, he's kind of slight, I guess I would say. Like the tallest, I feel like Link has been is in Adventures, uh, Adventure of Link, right? Like he's like kind of stretched out there as a, as a young lad. What you don't remember all the annoying arguments about young Link versus old Link? Uh-huh. You know, like realistic Link versus uh-huh. cartoony Link. I, you know, no, mature Link versus not yeah. mature Link. Like all that shit. Okay, how about this? Ganon pure CG, or do we get a humanoid Ganondorf mm. with like bad makeup? This is it. This is the thing. And the thing that is driving me crazy about this, it's less tying actors to these parts, which whatever, you know, you can do whatever because these characters are just ciphers for the most part. But visually, I feel like trying to do this movie live action with the kinds of set pieces and visual design of Zelda. Yeah. That's going to look so much less interesting than if you did it animated. Oh, it's going to be 90% CG anyway, right? I know, but like yeah. that's the the CG you make for a live action production versus the CG you generate for a cartoon is very different. Yeah, I would I would love to know what kind of budget this has. Um, I'm gonna say probably minimum couple hundred million. Oh yeah, I mean okay, so the guy I'm sorry, let me look up that story again. The guy who did it, uh, Avi Arad. Avi Arad. Is all, I, 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 you know, I don't, I'm looking at his filmography here. Yeah, he's produced mixed, a lot of movies. Certainly some mixed feelings about his involvement. Okay. So we got Planet of the Apes. We got Maze Runner. It's um, the Maze Runner director, by the way, who's making this. Oh, God. He did Morbius? Yes, he did produce Morbius. Produce Morbius, I should say. Yes. Okay. The, the, the recent Uncharted... He's, he's on Borderlands and the Craven the Hunter film. Interesting. So this guy is a nerd, but like some of these movies, <laughs> um, a lot of comic book stuff, a lot of um, like anime and video game adaptations. He did. He mm-hmm. was on that Scarlett Johansson Ghost in the Shell. Oh, sorry, you're right. You're right, Alex. Sorry, it's Wes Ball who is the director, right? The, the yes. Maze Runner. He's and, the Maze Runner and, and director. The Planet of the Apes, right? That's not Avirod, right? Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I'm with you. I think a live action, this, this is not. I When they announced the, an animated Mario movie, I was like, bam, you just cash that couple of $50 million, $150 million check right now, right? Like, you're, you're good. Mm-hmm. You just made money. This feels a lot more in the line of, like, 
late 90s early 2000s announcements of video game movies were like i don't know man yeah, I, I don't know about this one don't know if we need this i what is the good live action video game movie that has ever succeeded um, exactly i don't know i don't know detective pikachu made some money i think yeah, yeah you're right true. that did make some money you're right but they didn't. But cast- I mean, look the the number that failed is far greater than the number <laughs> that succeeded. Um, yeah, I mean, the big difference here is that you know the the thing that just sets this apart from, hey, they're making a Bioshock movie, or hey, they're making an Asteroids movie, right? Is uh, that Mario movie, right? It's it's the Mario, it's the success of the Mario movie, and then also just Nintendo's branching out into theme parks and all kinds of other stuff these days, right? Like there's there's like serious momentum behind this. Y- well. They made an animated Mario movie because they also made a live action Mario movie that pretty much destroyed all their film ambitions yes, for like three yeah. decades. It was a different time. We'll see. I mean, I'm not saying this is a good idea. I'm just uh, saying it will happen. It absolutely is going to happen oh, full speed ahead. It's going to happen. I just, again, with this production team, this director, I and doing it live action, I have no faith that this thing isn't just going to look like CG sludge. Like, like, I'm just, I don't have faith in it. I'm picturing that Warcraft movie in my mind, right? Like, yes. That's that's like what I'm... Like, but probably like less fun somehow. Or <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah. Who do you cast as Ganon? Who's a good Ganon? Or Ganondorf. I bet they'd go Ganondorf because that's yeah, I, bet it, I, bet, I bet it's like an actor would be Ganondorf and then it gets all CG'd out. That was good, Alex. Ron Perlman. Yes, that's a good one. That's pretty good. I, that's pretty good. I, I don't know. I think Aren't we in the era of hot Ganon now? Nothing against Ron Perlman. What are you Ron saying Perlman. about Ron Perlman? Yeah, Ron Perlman. He can, he can get Dude's hot as hell. What are you talking about? That dude was in Beauty and the Beast. He was the Beast. <laughs> he was in, uh, he was in uh, uh, Pacific Rim. He was, I just watched that. Not the other. Not yeah, cool well. glasses in that. Is uh, is Russell Crowe still working? Mm. He's the Pope's exorcist now. <laughs> okay. That's his franchise. Okay. I'm trying to think of like gr- like gruff kind of Jason Statham as <laughs> Canadorf. Yeah, oh I, boy, you could see it. See this? You see this Triforce? <laughs> you see this Triforce here? Like. <laughs> You call that the fucking master sword? Is that what you fucking call it? <laughs> it fucking broken into pieces. <laughs> I've got. What does he have? Power? Yeah, I, I don't know. He's just, just evil. He just has evil power. Now he's got. He's Try got force. He's got power. Princess has wisdom, and Link has courage. That's the. Yeah. You know that's how it all rolls. Is there a tingle in this? Not in this one. Ah, oh, boo! You save that for the sequel. Boo! Tingle makes an appearance. It's, that's marketable. No, Tingles is the post-credit scene. You need more characters. There aren't that many characters. Oh, there's in a, you know, you got Impa. Okay. Um. Yeah. Impa. The, the Deku uh, Tree. A, a fairy who, will be in it, right? Who, who plays? Who plays the Deku Tree? Um. Uh. Ian McKellen. Okay. It's the Deku Tree. Sure. Who who plays Navi? Because you have Navi. I think you have Navi. Mm, out of all, I don't know. Do you? Out of all the sidekicks, I think you have Navi. I mean, if you were going to do that style of yeah character, certainly more than like what is it? Midna is the Twilight Princess one, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess it would. Yes. Or it's not going to be the Minish Cap. Like Link is going to go on an adventure, and he's going to need somebody to talk to, like Toad in the Mario movie. Like unless he's going off with Zelda, um, he's going to need somebody. Um, old man from beginning of Legend of Zelda. 
Is, is somebody going to say it's dangerous to go alone? Take this. E- yes. Yes. Because I guarantee you any memorable line of dialogue that has ever appeared in th- those games or in the cartoon are going to be referenced somewhere in this film. We are going to get a trailer with a continuous shot of Link waking up and like going, ah, and then it'll be a continuous shot of, of, of going out to a Cocorico village, right? And people mm-hmm. just go, hey, Link. Hi, Link. How's it going? Right? And that's going to be your first trailer. Continuous shot. For, wait, somebody going, wake up, Link, to continuous overhead shot, pull out to Cocorico village. Um, Seth Rogen, Goron. Uh, okay. Nice. You should cast this. That's a good one. Yes, definitely. Absolutely, 100%. It's done. Lock Miyamoto, it this is Alex. Give me a ring ding ding. I'm going to make this movie for you. It's going to fucking, we're going to make a billion dollars again. Miyamoto, babe, call me. Yeah. <laughs> call me. Uh, wait, so if we're in, if we're in modern, Bubba. if we're in modern Zelda, it's Goron. Uh, who are the, uh, the fish people? Zora. Zora. Zoras. And um, Goron, Zoras, and who, there's a third one that's always in it. The fire the, on the Goron, the water on the Zoras, and who are they? Air. Oh, the Ravi. The Ravi? No. The, I, oh, I can't. I, I actually cannot remember. Is it? I think they were a later edition. I yeah. can't remember. They're the wind people, the, yes. the birds. Um, okay. They're all three of them in it for sure. Done. Does the Master Sword talk? Also, Gerudo. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, Gerudo, I feel like you get into. Like you'll get into flashbacks as like Ganondorf is getting like you know uh, king mm-hmm. of the Gerudo, um, you know you you have an interesting story there, possibly. Do you potentially you, maybe? You could, yeah, know. you could get. It. <laughs> Where does this fit on the timeline? Is it the face you're making? Where does this fit I on mean, the Zelda timeline? Uh, the more, more, I guess more accurately, which parts of the timeline are they going to plunder in order to con- you know reconstruct this into a movie? And I just. I don't know, man. I, I I don't feel like they're gonna go that hard on that stuff. It's more just gonna be like, <laughs> look, we are here. You, this is you. Link saves Zelda from Ganon. That's the story. <laughs> That's what we're doing. I think they should put Brian David Gilbert in it somewhere, <laughs> trying to, trying to keep track of uh, of Link's adventures on. Just a make w- him the narrator. <laughs> make him tingle just kind of like yes. trying to keep track of like where does this fit in the story <laughs> where is it um it's actually all multiverse now it's all multiverse that's right At that's the, how you get around that yep yeah, it's just gonna he's gonna look through some some magic mirror. link is a different link from a different timeline uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh-huh um 2026 i don't know he says it's in production how is it and in production I mean, Borderlands has been in production for like five years now, and they finished filming it three years ago, so who knows? Jeez. What happened to that movie? I think this will probably go a little better and smoother than the Borderlands movie. Yeah, they probably want to get this out there. All right. Zelda. Live action. I'll be curious when we start getting the casting for this. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you know, they're going to make a big old thing about when they cast Link. You think they can keep it a secret until they want? No. 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 Okay. Actually, okay. Nothing stays secret in Hollywood. I'm going to self-correct here. Okay. They're either going to make a huge thing out of it, or they're going to do the exact same thing they just did now, which is throw out a random tweet on like a Wednesday, and no one's going to be like, oh, fu- okay, you're just, t- <laughs> all right, it's Timothy Chalamet now. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Can you? Because they're weirdly cavalier about that now. Yes. Can you? sign i don't know the the specifics of the sag strike but can you sign on to new projects while you're while they're on strike i don't know i don't think so okay 
So maybe they can't do any of that stuff. Until, they probably can't do that yet. Yeah, until they're until they're done. Anyway, that's Nintendo making movies. I hope it's weird. Make it be weird. It be. Be, be weird, Nintendo. Don't be safe like that Mario movie. Be weird. More like that Mario movie. Like that Mario movie. Don't be like the Mario movie. Be like the Mario movie. Let's yeah. go back to live action, Nintendo. You got this. You know what to do. Give Link a boomerang. But Find a way to get John Leguizamo in there. Let's do it. He'd now bring it all home. Uh, he's a he could be Dodongo. Who's the guy that eats the bombs? Yep, that's uh, the one. That's it. That famous character. Uh, make Link go to a bunch of different temples to get a bunch of different things. Make 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 a movie about Link getting a ladder so he can get to the next area in the world. That's all we need. That is going to do it for the news. We've got an email address here. It is podcast at nextlander.com podcast at nextlander.com for the third time. This is Vinny podcast at nextlander.com. Brad Shoemaker, you want to throw an email out there? Yeah, I'll do a couple here. Cody from Philly. I believe that's short for Philadelphia. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Codadelphia. It's just Cody short for Codadelphia. Uh, after uh, there will be some minor, minor Spider-Man. Spo- nah, this is barely a spoiler. It's like a line of dialogue. Um, after listening to your spoiler discussions for Spider-Man two. Okay. Yeah. Probably don't. If you haven't finished it, beware. Uh, and your guess is that Peter will no longer be a playable character. I wanted to present you with my theory for why I believe he will be. Okay. The mid credits scene. Norman Osborn visits Otto Octavius in prison. In this scene, Otto not only refuses to disclose Spider-Man's identity to Norman, he then mentions his plan, the final chapter. Uh-huh. And I, this is not remotely the first person I have seen suggest this, so there are definitely multiple people out there, comic fans, floating this idea. It sounds insane to me. Mm-hmm. I believe this is direct setup for the Superior Spider-Man story arc. Uh, in said arc, Dr. Octopus is dying of cancer, and his Hail Mary play is to switch bodies with his arch nemesis, Spider-Man. Okay. After switching bodies, he unintentionally uh, inherits Peter's memories and more sense of responsibility and then vows to become a superior Spider-Man to Peter Parker. Uh, We already know from the first game that Otto is slowly losing motor functions in his body. I believe that prior knowledge combined with the very direct setup in the post-credits scene uh, will lead into the Spider-Man Dr. Octopus character being a playable character along with Miles and Silk and maybe Eddie Brock Venom. I don't know about that. Um, Huh. Additionally, the Superior Spider-Man arc ends with the Goblin Nation storyline, which could easily be Insomniac's third act escalation like they've done in previous games. Okay. Huh. That's an interesting take. Thanks for writing in. I, yeah. I have no idea about that comic book stuff. So that's, that is. The, I don't, that's a storyline way outside my range. So. Yeah, I had, I had never heard of that either until I saw it, but I, again, have seen others out there speculating about the Dr. Octopus stuff. Uh-huh. Well, so it's funny when you when you were reading it to me, I was like, "Oh, you know what? I remember there being some weird outcry when that storyline <laughs> happened about the whole body switching thing and how weird that was." But the thing is, I never read any of it, so I have no idea if it was any good or not. Yeah, not only not only does that sound weird, but also Peter Parker dies apparently in as, in the course of all that, so there oh, will be that as well. Deaths. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, but we hardly knew you. Um. All right, I'm going to mark the end of spoilers. Uh, there. Uh, welcome back, spoiler friends. We got, we got another email. All right. Email from Johnson. Uh, I've been enjoying listening in on the Watchcast for October, even being the scaredy cat I am, and I had a video game-related fact to the recent Train to Busan episode. Okay. 
In the scene where the father gives a Wii to his daughter, there was a comment on the out-of-dateness of the gift in 2016. You might be curious to know that at the time, the Wii, the Wii was technically still Nintendo's most modern console in South Korea because the Wii U was never officially launched there. I did uh, not know that. Since then, the Switch has obviously been released there, but it's fascinating how despite uh, there being a Nintendo of Korea, they opted to forego launching the Wii U in the territory entirely. Huh. Uh, I know it's interesting. When we saw those Wii boxes in the movie, I thought like the console design on the outside of the box kind of looked like the Wii U shape. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think it had the tablet. I think it was just a Wii, but it still it looked like a like a modern, a more modern version of the same console. Huh. I might have but, to go back and look at that. Yeah, but either way, I mean, it's it. I guess that actually doesn't surprise me because. Given the state of where the Wii U went, I can't imagine too many international launches really happened for that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's got a Mario Maker. Uh, actually, if you have a Switch, mm. maybe didn't. Uh, Johnson continues here. This made me wonder, what was the longest you kept a console sitting out underneath your TV or monitor? I realize due to the nature of your work, you may be immediately storing a console as soon as it stops being supported. Uh, but I wonder which one stood the test of time the longest, wh whether for personal fondness, sentimental reasons, or simple laziness. Well, uh, in terms of cumulative hours, it's probably the 360, which I still have plugged in. Um, mm. But also, I've had my N64 out and ready to use uh, pretty much nonstop since I got it. Huh. All right. Is that wrestling related? mostly but the thing is also like for a long time uh that was also one where it was like you couldn't really play n64 games even on like those emulation boxes mm. or things that you would run like scan converters through or whatever so i just kind of had to have the console plugged into a tv to do anything with that stuff unless i wanted to emulate so I'm yeah like, i that, still that probably takes it then <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was, I was going to say, if it's been packed up for years and then brought back out, that falls under the like retro gaming yeah. category. But if you've mm -hmm. had continuity since 1996, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty fucking long. The console may not always be plugged in, but it is always out and ready to go. Dang, that that certainly that certainly beats me. I mean, I've, I've still got the Wii U hooked up. Uh, actually, I just hooked it back up when I got the new TV. Mm. I unplugged it to do a stream during the first part, early part of the pandemic and then never I put it back under the TV and never actually hooked it back up. So it sat there for three years. I have the Wii and the Wii U hooked up uh, in the attic, but if you turn them on, I'm not sure they're, the HDMI cable is plugged in to actually put a picture onto the TV. I might have to go upstairs and do that. It's been a bit. I'm actually, my son just asked me if I could go up there and make sure the Wii U was working like two weeks ago because he had friends over and we're going to play something. I think to which I responded, why? <laughs> what? It's not an unfair response. Why, why would you do that? Just, there's nothing. But that, yeah, uh, otherwise I think Brad, I fall into your category that you mentioned of for nostalgia purposes of like, oh, I've got all these old consoles, but they're not being hooked up. Anything with a composite cable has not been hooked up. Oh yeah. In quite a long time. Yeah. I've, I've got my launch PS3 out also in the rare, and it's not hooked up, but just in case I wanted to play a PlayStation one through three game. <laughs> sure. It's got, it's got the good hardware backwards compatibility for all of those in it. Yep. Man, they're all going to break someday, aren't they? All yep. those distracts. Yes. All those, all those capacitors are going to die at some point, right? <sighs> yeah. I still have to fix my Xbox. All right. 
Uh, <laughs> sad. Sad. Is that it for the emails? Yeah, because a lot yeah. of those games yeah. aren't backward compatible. I know. No. no. I th- Alex, do you still it. have my memory card? I do. Okay. <laughs> Great. Hold on to that. Because yeah, I'm not getting rid of it. I still got it. Because my Xbox is still broken. Okay. Uh, sorry, Brad. Is that the end of the emails? Yeah, let's call it there. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the emails, folks. I have exciting news uh, that goes beyond... The video games we played, the news, and the fine emails we have received. That exciting news is that the WatchCast is back, mm-hmm. uh, and that means it is uh, time for the worst, the best of the worst, the best of the worst yeah. movies. Mm, I don't think we get to use that. The, the worst of the worst? Yeah, uh, the most uh, the delightful of the worst. The blurst of the blurst. Uh, Alex, what's go. going on over in the WatchCast land? We are having a turkey month is what we are having for the month of November. We are watching some gloriously bad films, uh, specifically in the ninja exploitation genre of the 80s. Uh-huh. Uh, and we just recorded our first one, which is Ninja Terminator, Godfrey Ho's own, or, you know, 40% own. Uh, and then we are also going to be doing New York Ninja and Miami Connection this month. It's going to be a gas. Gas, gas. And then mm-hmm. uh, after this, we will announce what is going on at the end of this month, what are, our plans are uh, going forward with the WatchCast. Again, we are still kind of uh, uh, waiting uh, for SAG. I've got Twin Peaks Season 2 ready to go for us whenever the the deal is struck. Um, man, will it be? Will we find out in 2023? I don't know. I don't we'll know. see. I don't. We will see. Uh, we got that going on. We also have, uh, uh, like I said, the Astroneer stuff up on the site. We've got um, uh, Grab Bag going on uh, tomorrow. And then Friday, we're still TBD. Uh, we're still figuring out what we're going to do on Friday. But uh, uh, we got some ideas. Right? We got some ideas. We'll see. We'll see how this all lands. See how it goes. We'll see how it lands. Um, that's going on over on, uh, the Twitch and the YouTube. Of course, we got the ramble cast and the watch cast. You can go find over on the Patreon. We got never been a better, better podcast recording, uh, tomorrow. That should be up next week. We got a planorama coming up at the end of the week. In case you really want to know what's going on in November, uh, we're here to lay it all down for you again over on patreoncom slash next lander where you can find a tier that is right for you to support us. A lot of tiers there, a lot of ways to make this all happen. We can't do it without you. There is one tier, though, uh, that gets their names read on this here show. And Alex Navarro, would you do the honors of reading those mysterious benefactors for this week? I most certainly will. Our mysterious benefactors for this week are Ryan Waterman, RRE, Vornak, Infelicitous Rips, Kelly F, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's Midback Hoodoo Voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, Deirdre aka Queen Bean, Gary Pezky, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Dollar Sign, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Mega Crane, Raz Grizz Flu, parentheses, get your shots, Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. 
Those are our Mysterious Benefactors for this week's thanks so much to everybody out there for supporting us, our Mysterious Benefactors, any tier, anybody who has supported us over on patreon.com slash nextlander. Listen to our podcast, watched our stuff, gone out and spread the good word. Have you heard the good word? Um, speaking of getting your shots, I did all that traveling and I did the thing that, uh, uh, I've been doing for a while, which is bring wipes with me on the plane and wipe down everything and then wipe everything down in the hotel and knock on wood. I think I didn't get a cold this trip uh, Ooh, on the travel. I don't know if that makes a difference, but it does in my head of, uh, of, of wiping everything down. I always feel a little weird doing it until I see somebody like right next to me doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I am one of those people who most of the time, like 90% uh, of the time get some kind of cold after, uh, traveling around. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, like I said, we got this a week coming up. We'll have, um, uh, obviously our Thanksgiving plans. Uh, we'll have a shorter week that week and then we'll have our, our game of the year business coming up in December. Uh, a lot of fun stuff to look forward to. I am looking forward to, uh, spinning up. Uh, uh, cyberpunk at some point, and I am looking forward to Brad. You said maybe we're getting close to to taking a boss on in Remnant. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we have the world boss of the last world we're on, and then you just go to the Man, end of the game. I've heard that boss is and hard. We're, we're at the we're at the 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 um the boss of just the area we're in. Yes. I mean, like we got to do that one first, which like those have been tough, but not. Uh, not infeasible but then yeah I have, I have no idea what the actual end of that game looks like but it sounds like we're going there right after this boss just in time for the dlc <laughs> which i think mm, is yeah. i think is like two weeks i think it's two uh, weeks if that it might be next week actually which i don't uh, think what? we will be streaming but i'm, I'm glad it's coming out because i'm gonna have so many damn items coming out of this that i <laughs> need something new to use them on uh you can check all that stuff out uh we'll be doing that uh going back to that on monday with the Remnant 2 stuff, so check that out as well. Thanks everybody for listening. This has been another Nextlander podcast. Thank you very much, Alex Navarro. Thank you. Thank you, Brad Shoemaker. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>